Nation! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And this is the show where two dudes go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, totally breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is bogus or not. This week we reunite the universe and all reality as we discuss Bill and Ted face the music. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. You're really taking liberties with that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't mind. No, no, no. I love it. I think it's great. I'm really feeling the uh, the positive energy. Yeah, of, uh... it's fantastic. You're really going for it. Um, I like it. I really like it. You know... Um, I'm not going to write the one for the retrospective. I'll just let you... <laughs> I'm just going to let you improv it. You know, I got to tell you, man... Uh... Yeah, I really, I really can dig this whole uh, Bill and Ted philosophy. I understand why the future world is uh, all about them, man. I, I really, I'm, I'm really digging it. Be excellent to each other, man. Party on, dude. Party on, dude. Just be excellent. Ah, I'm uh, in. Man. But how are, how are you, here, my friend? Here we are. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good doing too. good. Man. I'm good too. Um, this is a good week. I got a smile on my face. We got another good week here, man. Uh, it's Bill and Ted face the music this week, yeah. and. Boy, oh boy, what a what a good movie! Yeah. I'm really excited to jump I'm excited into to talk this about because this. we're going to talk more about this word next week during the retrospective. And you kind of texted me this today. Have we had a more consistent franchise than this? I don't think so. I, it is really something. Yeah, I'm really like again, like, and I, I, I you know, listening to the our this conversation on Bill and Ted's bogus journey, uh-huh. we kept talking, I kept at least talking about this movie. Yeah. And like referencing this movie. So kind of getting my thoughts on this movie in that episode. So yeah. my bad, I guess. But yeah, like I was really excited to get to this one because we had seen it before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it is just, I'm like, I'm so like blown away, mm-hmm. like by just the consistency and, yep. the, and the good nature. And like, I know we talked about like, you know, you and you had mentioned too on earlier in one of the episodes that like, we had had this idea. You had a, you had this idea. And it's a great idea of like right. doing the like, garbage movies in January because right. January normally uh, in is the is dumping the ground. Yeah, out. trash. Right. Apparently, this year Megan broke the curse. Apparently, it's really good. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but apparently, it's really good. Yeah, made um, money too. Yeah, but usually, like the first movie of the but year. I think, or, like, I, think early. I know where you're going with this. And maybe in January we should start just doing stuff like this. Well, not even that. Like, like I'm, I'm just. Because I know we, well, not to give anything away, but we've talked about our plans for next year, which oh boy. we'll take that control out of our hands, believe Oof. it or not. And we'll, yeah. well, that's one day. We'll, but, we'll talk uh, about that at the end of this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm so happy we did this because, uh-huh. again, in our own personal lives, we have had conversations about the new year, about January, and just like January is kind of a miserable month yeah like it's time. cold like where especially where we live it's cold it's dark it's mm-hmm. usually rainy or snowy or mm-hmm. icy um and i don't i don't do well in the new year like i really like I like either. new year's <laughs> day to me is always like a sad day yeah, like I, i've never like even as a kid because like, it always signals like yeah, i go back to school or mm-hmm. the holidays are over and like yeah. it's always kind of been a sad day for me and like i just really i've the, like the january like depression or whatever's kind of hit me or like mm-hmm. the anxiety or whatever's kind of hit me this year and bill and ted this franchise has been this shining light yep. where like even like i like I'll, I'll be miserable kind of feeling a little bit down but each week i get to sit down and watch one of these movies and yep. it really like really lifted it's, my spirits and like really just made me in a good mood and like it's such a good natured 
uh, franchise. Yeah. Like everything, this it's, it's, feel, it's so feel it's good. So feel like, good. It doesn't have any ill intentions. Like it comes in, it's just like, hey, you know exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be lighthearted. You're going to laugh. You're not going to walk away feeling like again. There's a robbed. couple of like misguided jokes that age yes, poorly, of course, with some language and stuff like that. But this movie takes that all away. Yeah, doesn't yeah you know, because it isn't yep. a newer movie. But yep. yeah. But yeah, you're right. It is. It's just feel good. It's about two friends that love each other, that love their their princess mm-hmm. girlfriends or wives, wives or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like that's what it is, man. It's it's, and it's love, about and they love their kids. They lo- and they love music. Well, it's mm-hmm. just a whole franchise. They love yeah. music and they love each other and they love the world. And it's not a bummer. It's not a. It's not a downer movie. Even when they're in hell. And they're, and they're, they're positive. Death. It's positive they're energy. Positive. They, it's, they, and they get death to swing over to their side <laughs> and be friends with it. Like, it's incredible. Like, yeah. these guys have just this energy of, of bringing everyone together. And you can see the whole point of, you know, what this movie is about, about uniting the universe yeah. and all of reality. Was that added? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All of reality. I think that part was a little added. Was that but... added? Yeah, that was added. That's new. Uh, you think they, they... We'll talk about it. They, they have a little bit of fun with... They change up the... What Bill and Ted exactly did a little bit. But, yes, uh, big time. But uh, that's, And that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's okay. But they... they um, I, I think, like, we, we talked about in our best of the year... I think it was in our best of the year um, episode. Mm-hmm. One of, like, the genres or types of film that we... Who have really uh, come to love in recent years? Right, it's just like a uh, kind person meets new people and and melts their icy personas, basically. Right, right? the Paddington movies, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, yeah. and this isn't exactly that because the people around Bill and Ted are also st- very kind for the most part. Well, that well, in the other movies, in the first two movies, not so much because like their dads and stuff like that. Right, like, right, right. They do they do think like oh they're kind of idiots and stuff like that right. or whatever. It's the future people, yeah, are also kind, but it's like. It's just like these two people that are are interacting with the world that are just so pretty much overly positive. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not like. They're not really aggressive. That's why it like it. Bo- that's why like the robot stuff kind of bothered me so much because Bill and Ted are such a positive force to see them in <laughs> yes. any way, even though they're, they're meant to be evil. To see them being evil, like when evil robot Ted and Bogus Journey looks at the princess and goes, "I got a total half chub, man." I was like. Just feels wrong. It just feels wrong. Yeah, it feels wrong. But you you need that conflict. Yeah, no, you're right. And we talked on that episode about how that's more like you need that to see what they could have been. And and, yeah. And they're not that. They're not that. But it works for the movie. It's the positivity of the two characters, of the two actors who apparently also just really nice. Obviously, Keanu Reeves, but even Alex Winter apparently is just a really nice nice person. Really nice person. Like, so, like, yeah, I just, I, I thank. Bill and Ted, I guess, for their positive energy for, for these kind three of, great movies. And making my January better and Thank helping you, me. Like, Thank I really, you. like, I'm really riding the high of the... Mm-hmm. I didn't think... I, th- I especially, you think you'd love this. Especially after the first movie. I Like I said, I kind of rushed through the first movie, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to... the fir- Like, after I watched the first movie, after when I watched the second movie and thinking back on the first movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I really did enjoy that movie mm-hmm. a lot, right? I really did enjoy that. It just was I had to rush through it and I couldn't really appreciate it. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, like I'm really, really, really happy with these and like consistent is the word. It really is. is like word. it is yeah. just I never would have thought that these when we I, I think I think I was the one that came with the idea came up with the idea of doing these, but I was yeah. like, Oh, I'll just 
well, a if filler you gap. The way like, you put it was, we'll just do Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's an easy. And we're we're so sold on this franchise right now. <laughs> and it's just, like, incredible. Like, we're so sold. They won us over. And it makes me excited for the retrospective next week because that's where we get to actually officially rank things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going to rank that franchise-wise. And uh, it might shock people, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, but it's, it's going to be a good time. But um, it, this really is consistent. It's consistent all the way through. And even though, you know, with Face the Music, so with this movie in particular that yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this movie, yeah. Um, it is still a really good movie. I mean, you still walk out with a smile on your face. You still feel like this is really fun. It's, it's probably like a like a half step down from the other two movies but i feel like that just comes with age and time and they had to take there's a lot of uh moving pieces in the movie i think well but, that and like i i know i know i looked up personally more accidentally whatever the budget and stuff and i know what they paid for this mm-hmm. it's not much more than what they paid for in 91 yeah yeah right and we'll talk about it when we do the budget i'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves but like what they pay to you know, ninety one. You're not even doing the research, and you still just do the research. You 90, can't. You can't rest. Yeah, I can't give up the power, man. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. I can't control myself. But I think any like twenty million dollars in 1991 goes a little bit farther than mm-hmm. you know what they end up make using this for this movie and stuff. And yep. I think, I think you know, it's a budget thing. I think obviously that you know some of the special effects doesn't look. Don't look as great. It's not as good of a looking movie as the second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But I that mean, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, like, I mean, those are those are things we'll talk about as we dive, yeah. dive in more. But, like, I think overall, this movie does a really good job of concluding the franchise, of kind of um, flipping the expectations on its head a little bit of what you were expecting it to be. Yeah. And, and saying, like, it's not just Bill and Ted who are going to do this, right? Yeah. Like, it flips those expectations on your head. So, in a way, it's kind of like the Ryan Johnson method in that it... <laughs> subvert your expectations but i think that was the right move because i'm like well that's what this entire franchise has been is subverting expectations and doing things that um nobody thought they were going to do so why wouldn't it make that choice but i I think it pays off it's also it's been like it it the the chemistry like yeah they have love interests or whatever but it's never been about about their relationships or anything Mm -hmm. like that right I think like they're funny movies, but they and and they're feel good, but they've never been heartfelt. This is a heartfelt movie. This is a heartfelt movie. This is a heartfelt movie. This is the first real movie I think that has character development for these two characters. I, I cried at the end of this movie. You I'm cried. not. I I teared up at the wow. end of this movie. Like okay. I I was overwhelmed, overcome with emotions, and maybe it's because I'm a father now. You know what I mean? Okay. But that was a really nice moment until you said that. <laughs> no, 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 actually, no, I, no. But but actually, to be fair, like to actually, I like legit. when I get the. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> to be legit, I actually do think it is, it is because I am a father. Like not even. Sure. I actually do think it is because because it is a really. It's about their relationship with their daughters and their family and this familial love, mm-hmm. and that really connected with me. And it really was. I was just. It's such a positive, feel good movie that I, yeah. I literally just started tearing up. Like yeah, it is. And I, I yeah. I'm, so yeah. Th- thank you, Bill and Ted. Thank you, Bill. Thank and you, Ted. Keanu and Alex. <laughs> thank you, uh, Ed Solomon. Chris Matheson. Chris Matheson. I mean, again, we'll probably do all this in the retrospective, but the, you know, this movie, yeah. it does wrap up everything nicely. Yes. It's 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 a really fun movie. So. It really is. I'm excited that you want to just. I want to jump in. Let's I, that talk was, about that it. That was a good intro. Okay, so the movie the movie we're talking about because we haven't really mentioned it <laughs> is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, release date August twenty eighth, twenty 
2020. This is our first movie. This is a COVID movie. This, this is our first a, movie in 2020. Yes. That this we're is, talking about. This yeah. is the first movie in 2020 we're talking about. This is... Uh, and it might be the last. <laughs> might be the last. It is It is a COVID movie. It came out... Because that date, I know, sounds weird. Because, again, August is kind of one of those months, too. I think that in the same vein as January, like, that's kind of where, like summer movies go to die in a way like the summer movies that couldn't get the good date in july or june go to die um but to be perfectly honest it's just because that's what worked they were starting to like the they were just starting to open theaters yeah and even then i think mostly i think it was mostly i mean you might have more i think it was mostly like drive-ins that were showing this i don't know how many actual theaters were even showing i'm not sure how many actual theaters were but it was in theaters yeah it does because it does have a box office yeah it does yeah but i think it's i think think the majority of it was driving i think the theater is driving the indoor indoor stuff wasn't wasn't working and um, not that many people, like people went to drive but not that many people. Not that many I mean, people, yeah. yeah. And we'll. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I, oh, oh, I, I know, know. You know. Oh, I know you know. Uh, <laughs> directed by Dean Parasat. Dean Parasat, do you know that? Yeah, know? he did uh, Galaxy Quest. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I literally I, put down Galaxy I knew, Quest. I, I knew the name. Paper, be honest no, no, me. I knew the name. No, no, no. I did not. <laughs> I knew the name, and I was like, I know he. I remember when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember people were talking about him, and, and I, they were like, oh, he hasn't really done... He only did... He, he has a very so small I put, filmography. I put, I put down some of the stuff uh, that we would probably recognize, but it's a very limited filmography. feels like he was more active in the 90s than anything. Yeah. And then early 2000s, a little bit, and then he kind of just fell off for a while and stopped like doing movies. It looked like, actually, he meant more into television, actually, yeah. directing. So, in, in light of that, like what I just said with television, he was very active with Monk. He did a lot of Monk episodes. Like, he was very active with that show. And he's done a couple other shows as well, like um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's directed a couple of those episodes. But it seems like Monk was the big thing for him. Yeah. Um, so he did that. He did Galaxy Quest, as you uh, mentioned. He did Fun with Dick and Jane. Have you seen Fun with Dick and Jane? I have not. The Jane Carrey one, movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen this movie. I saw that movie in theaters. Is it? Is it? It's not good. Yes, yeah, uh, I don't think so. Well, because that's a remake of a movie. Or it's whatever. a remake yeah. of a movie, but um, more importantly, I probably shouldn't have seen Fun with Dick and Jane in two thousand five. Yeah, probably not. Uh, it wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is Red Two. Oh, the, the Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis Morgan yeah. Freeman, Malkovich. Yeah, that uh, he directed that one too, which I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Red, but you know, yeah, I know it's based on a comic book or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I, I looked them up because I was like, I know I know this guy. Um, I knew I knew the name, and I was like, "What's the one movie he did that I know he did?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's Galaxy Quest." Like as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's Galaxy Quest." Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I I've seen like 95 percent of Galaxy Quest, probably. That is that's probably his biggest claim. It's to a, fame. Have you ever seen Galaxy Quest? Uh, no, I, I I know it's a big it's a big it's thing a re- for it's me. really I good. Seen it? I'm sure it is. It, I got to get over the Tim Allen part of it. Um, he's written, he's good in it. I'm sure he is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a huge Tim Allen. No, fan. I get We're it. We're not going to jump into that right I, now, though. I get uh, it. We'll save that for Toy Story. Uh, or some other no, stuff. No, I like, yeah, or some other <laughs> stuff. Written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Who are these guys? <laughs> They're back again. This is the third time around, and uh, I think it's a great script. I really do. I think it's a great script. We talked about this a little bit last week. I like how it's a blending. And now that I've actually seen the movie This again, is a blending this is a of blending. adventure and journey. Yeah. Perfectly. 
um, the, t- Bill and Ted are going on into the future, which they never really did yes. actively because they like they it pop was always up. the past. Yeah, but they pop, like Rufus takes them to meet the three most important people, or they or no, they they end up accidentally meeting the three most important right. people in the world, or whatever. And it's it's a, like, a far time. Yeah, and there, and right. it's whatever. But them actually going to their own futures mm-hmm. is really clever and interacting with themselves and different versions yep. of themselves. And again, it's also alternate versions, right? It's like if yes. they didn't write the song. This which, is, these are kind of realities where you're right. If they didn't write the song, this is where their life. Which is doesn't going. make sense because if they didn't write the song, then the the world wouldn't exist. Like, so how are they living if they didn't write the song? There's a bit of but, a plot hole. Like, there's <laughs> plot holes. There's plot holes. It's. I think it. I do feel like it is like alternate realities though. It is. I think that's like, what it is. It's supposed to get yeah, because well they they because at first I was like oh are these not alternate realities is it mm-hmm. actually like a future but when they get to old Bill and Ted they straight up say. These yep. are just possibilities. Yep. Like these are this is this is not this is determined. not set in stone. Yeah. This is not going to happen unless you let it happen. Yeah. Um. But it it, it, it is possible. Yeah. And I think but they this are, isn't your this isn't your set path. Yeah. They use it, or I think even the wives use the phrase timelines. Like it's yep. not it's not the future. It's, it's kind of so it's alternate time alternate timelines. Right? Yeah. So like God, it's like the MCU. <laughs> they're not just going to the future. They're visiting alternate realities. Yeah. And the daughters get their own little Bill and Ted's excellent adventure journey where yes, they, they are going to the past and getting historical figures. It's like a mini excellent adventure inside this movie. Yeah. And then you're getting the nice blend of bogus journey where they're going back to hell yeah. and you're getting death again and you're kind of getting all these great things. It's a wonderful blending of both. Yes. It really is a wonderful blending of both while still carving out a new... Uh, path to yeah. go. It like doesn't with, re- with the future stuff and yeah. with going to visit themselves in the and the alternate timelines. It's like, oh, it's still doing something new while blending these other two movies. And I'm th- the fact that they were able to balance all of that yeah. is so impressive. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like that that's what makes these guys I'm I gotta tell you, I love these writers. Like yeah. I'm really sold on these guys because I'm like Did they do it did they do anything else? Like I think I mentioned what they did in the yeah, I first so. episode I of Adventure. I remember, yeah. Of Excellent Adventure. Um, I don't remember what that was. Uh, go listen to it, uh, <laughs> and then you'll you'll find out. But I think I mentioned it on the first uh, episode. But I, I want to keep an eye on like like their what stuff because I really yeah. I'm really sold on. Them, I would want to go see more. Yeah, I would want to go see more big time. Budget. You kind of uh, said it, but uh, twenty five million dollars. Yeah, so five million more than. The bogus journey, but which was I, twenty. I want to know, and I, I can maybe I can look this up real quick. What is twenty million dollars in nineteen ninety one? Because that's got to be. You willing to bet it's more than twenty five million? It's definitely more than uh, twenty five million. But it's it's also kind of wild to see a movie in twenty twenty have a twenty five million dollar budget, right? Like yeah. they, these kind of movies weren't really being made at that time, so it's kind of wild to me to look at it and go, oh, they're they got a small budget movie for this. Um, but I wonder if maybe that's why the studio went for it. Twenty million dollars in nineteen ninety one is equivalent to, to about forty three million dollars. So it was today. more. Yeah, it was, it, more. It was more. So yeah. this this might be well, this might be the second cheapest thing because yeah. I think Excellent Adventure the ten million. I can't imagine the ten million is more than the twenty. Well, that was ten million in eighty seven. So let's let's do some math real quick. Yeah, do some math quick. We'll figure this out. I'm really curious. Twenty six million dollars. Wow, <laughs> this is the cheapest movie. <laughs> You know what, man? They stretch that budget. And it works. It works. <laughs> or it's a, it's a right around the budget of the first movie. Right, right. You so, know? And movies are way more expensive to make these days. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially with $25 million, though. Like, it feels like you can't even make a movie for $25 million now, but they did. I mean, and how much were... was Everything Everyone Wants? $10 million, right? 
10 million, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, but you, you can, but I imagine it's a lot of stretching of the budget to make that happen. <laughs> um, so box office, $6.3 million. I don't blame this movie, but I don't blame it. Here's what I did. I did put the box office down, but I also put the VOD rental number down. Oh, they! I would assume it would have went into both. It got both. Okay, it got so separate. It got, it, okay. got bo- it got both. It got a. Um, I think it was simultaneously. No, it, and I knew it was and yeah. VOD. But I, I wanted to mention. I would have thought the box office was all of it total. I guess. The, I guess no, 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 the so box office was when it made at the theaters. The box office at the theaters and was there was six point three million, yeah. which I'm assuming was the drive-in theaters, like you were saying. Yeah. But there's a separate number uh, for the VOD rentals. This number is $32 million. It makes, and it makes the money. Also, I want to point out, $32 million VOD rentals, it was the fifth most popular rented movie, VOD movie, during COVID. COVID. Which, yeah, it, I, that speaks for itself. It's Because technically, we always talk about the double, $25 million. It made the money. I, I don't think they promote... They didn't promote the movie the same way that they did because... There is some stuff about how the promotion and marketing happened it's it's unusual but yeah, because I, we'll it's covid it's not it's not the yep. same thing you can't run bus ads because nobody's on a bus nobody's exactly. watching the bus exactly so like so i wonder kind of... if the, the budget the, the promotion wasn't that expensive mm-hmm. to me that that's a, that's a success i think it makes its money back yeah. i mean and if you add in the 6.3 i mean what's that put it at that puts that 38 million really yeah. so it's kind of like 38.3 when you really think about it and you're yeah. just like that makes the money back. I mean, to me, and you're right, without all having to do all the promotion, I think most of the promotion, honestly, was probably towards commercials yeah. more than anything. Or appear, like I know they appeared in, like, on Zoom and a couple yeah, of things. Yeah. And I and wonder how much did they even get paid? It like, probably the, had to be the cheapest marketing <laughs> for yeah. any movie they've ever had to do because they were just like, I don't know, just run some commercials on YouTube, on television, and... Hopefully people will rent it or they're come not out putting billboards up. They're not. Yeah, yeah they like, don't have to worry about that. They're so, not paying travel for for Keanu and Alex Winter to go just, to different things. Yeah, yeah. If, if they're going to promote the movie, they just log into Zoom and talk to Jimmy Fallon on Zoom. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a whole thing. So yeah, I think it makes the money back, and I think it's a success. Yeah, we're gonna work. And even then, even then, like under like what what happened? With, that's a, like, even if it doesn't make the money back, quote yeah. unquote, it's a success. The it's fact success. that it managed to do that. During COVID, yeah. when no, because I think because people I remember, were interested in this movie, yeah, because Shang Chi came out in September, yeah, and I think that was when they really started to make the push for theaters, like right around September. That was Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend was right around the push for mm-hmm. theaters to open up. Yep, and even then, we saw Shang Chi in a drive-in. Yes, we, we did. didn't go to a theater. No, you know, so yeah. But I wanted to mention that separate number because I think that was important. Because no, I, yeah. I didn't want it to just be the six point three from the bot. I was like. This rental number is big, and I was like, we have to mention it. So just wanted no, to put no. it out there, just to be fair to the movie. So because it's a COVID movie, and we have to be fair. Yeah, to no, it. Shang-Chi was the next year, wasn't it? I think it was twenty one. Oh yeah, Chang Chi was twenty one. So what am I thinking of? This yeah, is, this so, is yeah, early. So I mean, this is oh yeah. So nothing's nothing's open. Nothing's at this open because yeah, this is August twenty. I'm getting it's been the pan, the whole pandemic. Yeah, so I I'm know, dude. I know. I know. The whole pandemic. Yeah, this is, like been this going is on like yeah, yeah, this is a complete year. Oh yeah, freaking lockdown. Yeah, so this time. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh yeah, theaters open the next month. No, they didn't. They opened August, up. They opened up eleven. They opened up twenty twenty. Thirteen months later, August twenty twenty was just a few months away since we got lockdown. So yeah, that's. Yeah, felt fair to uh, put it out there. Rotten Tomatoes score. Out of 266 critic reviews, this movie is certified fresh at 82%, my friends. That's, that's so great. I, I love After, it. I after love last it. week's... Which actually know. ties it with Excellent Adventure. That's awesome. That's it's, pretty it's, great. It deserves it. it yeah, deserves it deserves it. it. Audience score. Out of 2,500 plus ratings, 
it is fresh at 65%. Little bit lower. I'm a little I, surprised by I that. I was surprised by that too. And but I'm wondering, but people have such a skewed view. This is kind of where you can talk a little bit about the fan base, but I feel like people do have a skewed view view of what Bill and Ted is and, and, and what they feel it should be. Well, I think so many people love that first movie and they think that's what it should be. And Bill and Ted has proved that it's not just that movie. Over like twice now, it has proved yeah. we're not this movie, just this movie. And I feel like there's a fan base that's so stuck on Excellent Adventure and just cannot get beyond it. And they're just like, why aren't they time traveling? Well, and- why aren't they getting historical figures? It's like, because that's not what this is all about. That's not what this entire story is about. There's more here than just getting history figures for historical figures for for a report. Like they're not going to do that in 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are middle-aged men. They're not yeah. going to What what are you talking about? Well, that and I remember when the trailer came out and I remember seeing people in the in the comments comments on the trailer based off just the trailer and yeah. the inclusion of the daughters mm. and the fact that oh, they, the phrase already the yeah. phrase Logan they changed from Bill and Ted to Logan Preston yeah. so the fact that they said Logan Preston already people were oh their daughters are going to be the people that save the world and it's not them and they're just useless because women girl power and men are sh- these days and, and women just won't let men do anything cool any day that's not even the point of the movie like <laughs> that, the, the point that of, was like, a good rant I like that <laughs> like, that's, that's what well, that's and I because again, I've I love this movie so much. I went yeah. on the Reddit and I was looking at comments and stuff, and most of it's positive. But there were a couple. Well, the news could be whatever. Or like even reviews, people were like, "Oh, oh one of the girls got away." Yeah, oh, girl power. People on my butt. People were like, reviews were like, "I know you're thinking that like it's gonna go one way, and it kind of goes that way, but it's not like it's like." I think it's a perfect blend of all of that. It, well, because it's, it, and we'll talk about it when we get there too. But sure. it, it's it's not just the, the yeah they write the song, but literally the moment. That the time, like the moment the time's supposed to end, is the where the wild stallions where Bill and Ted play the guitars. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, that is the moment where it changes everything, yeah. where they jump into the song. So it's like it's still them. It's mm-hmm. still about them, but it's not just them. They can't do it by themselves. They need the help the of their daughters, of, the story of is their that family, empowered by their family yeah. to be the best versions of themselves and they that can the, be. And, and the fact that that goes over people's heads. <laughs> Really blows my mind. Yeah, with, like, with the help of their daughters, yes. that they write the song, they compose the song, but they're still the ones like when all these years when they say, "Oh, your music," it's still their music. Yes, you know what I mean. It's still their There's, music. We'll jump into all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. I don't, I want to save but that I, for like I opinions think, and all that. That's... I think that off people. They're oh, obviously and twenty twenty again. Such a terrible year, and such yeah. a terrible year. Yeah. People were politically talking about like 2016, 2020. People were looking at things so politically, yeah. and like the fact that a Bill and Ted movie is getting politicized because they have daughters and they're important to the story. Well, like it's, it's Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. Answer the call it all is. over again. It is. That's what it is. But um, and the fact that in the in the other movie, and they reference it in Face the Music, yeah. but that at the end of Bogus Journey, they say, "Oh, this is little Bill. This is little Ted," and they're like, "Oh." They think like oh they like oh they're oh, sons. Of course they had sons. Yeah, and they, when they flip it on their head and it's, it's daughters. Daughters and they and they reference oh, it. Hey, boy. didn't you remember when you used to call them little Bill and little Ted? Like yeah, because even, that even death when they when they um the kids walk in when the daughters walk in death's like oh little Bill little, little Ted. Ted. <laughs> like, he's, he's like it's so long. Oh man, I can't talk to. Him. I love William Sadler. I can't wait to talk about that man again. Um, let's jump into who the stars. Yes, of course. Some, it's it's a cast. It's a cast. It's different from the other movies too, which is going to be exciting. It is, yeah. 
Starring Keanu Reeves as Ted Theodore Logan, Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire, Kristen Shaw as Kelly, Samara Weaving as Theodor Theodora Thea Preston, Bridget Lundy Payne as Wilhelmina, Billy Logan, uh, Anthony Carrigan as Dennis Caleb McCoy. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Aaron Hayes as Princess Elizabeth Logan, Jama Mays as Princess Joanna Preston, Amy Stotch as Missy. Told you that name would change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holland Taylor as the great leader. Kid Cuddy as himself. And theories about who else he might be. William... Sa- <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> William Sadler as Death. Jillian Bell as Dr. Taylor Wood. Hal Landon Jr. as Chief Logan getting that promotion. <laughs> Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett as Officer Deacon Logan. Uh, Dasmond Still as Jimi Hendrix. Jeremiah Kraft as Louis Armstrong, Daniel Dorr as Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, uh, Sharon G as Ling Lun, and Patty Ann Miller as Grom, featuring cameos by George Carlin mm-hmm. as Hologram Rufus, and the voice is provided by Peter Michael. Mm-hmm. It's not George Carlin's voice. Yeah. And Dave Grohl as himself. I know there's a couple more, but we'll save it. Oh, you get yeah, the, the the people that are in the, uh, the credits. credits, but it's not, it's not part of the movie. So no, no, no. Feel, I was going to say there's, there's one big one. There's, that I there's talk a couple. About. There, there is more, but I, I saved that for the fun facts. All right, yeah. sounds good. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's the cast. That's cast. It's that's a good cast. cast. It's a heck of a cast. So uh, I'm going to start back just cameos quick. Look, the Dave Grohl thing. I just put Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's yeah. like five seconds, but I was like, it's he, just funny I, that he's there. I wish he would have been in the movie more, but Me it's too. really cool that he's in the movie. It's cool that when they, you know, they open the door and he's just like, he's like, ah, who are you guys? I was yeah. like, I kind of Dave want, Grohl. I want more of him. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I do, I do like Dave Grohl and I, I like Foo Fighters music and all that and Nirvana. Like I'm a big fan, but yeah. like. I wish there was more of him because he actually is a very funny person, and I wish there was more of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun, fun cameo. Um, yeah, George Carlin as Hologram Rufus. It's a uh, nice tribute. It's a nice tribute, and I have in the fun facts more of like um, what it is and stuff like that. I guess I can mention here; it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically just like they used archival footage from the first movie, um, and they found a voice actor named Peter Michael to provide the voice. Of like, um, because he comes out and he's he's like he's like oh welcome to the future and I use this time machine. He didn't say that in the movie, so yeah. they had to kind of recreate the uh, voice. But I think it works. Did you catch the mistake? I've heard about the mistake. Yeah. I've heard about the mistake. Yeah, what's the um, mistake? You know what I'm talking about? It it has to do with um, where they went in time. No, what is he it? said. He said, I used this back when I went first visit the Great Ones in 1989. Oh, 19, yes, yes, yes. It, and it's, it's supposed to be 1988. It's supposed to be 88. Yeah, right. 1989's right. when the movie came out. It's 88. Yes, you're absolutely So I'm right. really surprised that that made it through. That they cut, yeah, yeah. that that didn't make, hmm, well, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> um, Patty Ann Miller as Grom. This is the drummer yeah, the cave, of the, the band. Yeah, the cave woman or whatever. Um, Patty Ann Miller is a big name in the sense. Uh, in the sense of music, she is the drummer for Beyonce. Really? Yeah, she drums for Beyonce. That's and she pretty drums, cool. She drums for uh, CeeLo Green as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So she's actually like a very like well-established drummer in the mu- in the music world. So I guess that was kind of just like the fun thing to have like some sort of a music cameo in there. But also, Grom is just a character they made up for this. Yeah, it's they, not they, a real. They, they kind of figured. 
they didn't want to use like an actual like rock legend like like a Keith Moon or um Well that and they, the joke is that they keep going back basically like they like they're going back farther farther and farther, farther, and, farther, and, farther. and it only made sense so they're like let's just get like a cave woman yeah. and that's what we'll do. Well but, that and like in face in Bogus Journey they have the we didn't even mention it like they when they were bringing out like the Faith No More guy and like yeah. uh and um uh uh not not Mozart um Bach Bach yeah uh, there's also like a random woman from like the future, mm-hmm. but their past, but our future, like the 23rd century or whatever. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's this person, and, and they just made up. Yeah, so like yeah. I like it's kind of like in the same vibe as that. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, Sharon G as Ling Loon. Yeah, Ling Loon, um, legendary like creator of music is, in China, is, basically. In China, basically. Yeah. yeah, big thing uh, with that and. Very legendary that they decided to use her. And in the fun facts, I have like some stuff about uh, that role and 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 who Ling Loon actually was and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But um, we'll talk about that. But I like the performance. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. You know, yeah. it's funny because these two, um, uh, Ling Loon and Grom, don't really do much. They're kind of just there. Like they don't really have like a lot to do. Um, I, I, I think the other three have more to do yeah. but like it seems like these two were more like just well i like that like mozart is or uh yeah mozart is so impressed like he's like oh Ling Loon, like he's, yeah yeah like, he, 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 knew. Knew, he yeah. knows and he's you know and that and even when he meets grom he's like chasing after grom yeah. like yeah he's like he's like oh grom yeah <laughs> um well speaking of uh that daniel door as wolfgang amadeus mozart it's fun it, it, again it is fun it, it, he doesn't he doesn't have he has more to do he, he's got a great little like playoff with Jimi hendrix when they're doing mm-hmm. the uh the the song i and, also uh, think he was the right choice because they had done beethoven in the and first they did movie bach. they had yeah. bach and i'm like you obviously go with mozart yeah and they could have they could have gone like oh let's escape oh damn damn remember dad said they, they you know they had hang out with beethoven let's just get him and yeah they, then you open a door of like you probably have to recast them and you don't want to do that yeah. so let's just go mozart you yeah know, just like, get a brand new classical there's plenty of them so yeah. I, I i think that was the right choice and i really like this guy's performance too yeah he does a lot of really funny um whatever language what language is he speaking i don't know man is that german like I, what is that i don't, I don't know. know what language i thought i always for whatever reason i thought uh mozart <coughs> uh was uh english i guess i was wrong about that but maybe he is, he's um, austrian is Austrian sounds right. Sal- Salzburg. 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 Austria. Austria. Austria's Austrian. So he's Austrian. He's okay, Austrian. so he's speaking yeah. German. Yeah. yeah. That's really fun. Well, good for him. That is quite excellent. Uh, Jeremiah Kraft as Louis Armstrong. What did you think of this guy? I thought this is a fantastic I thought point. so, too. I this so dude too. almost stole the movie. I know. It's it like it feels like you're looking at... So, I, cause I, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And he also, like, this guy should be, like, a... Like, I feel like this guy should be like a bigger star Big because time. like it's a great performance. I looked him up. He's in twelve episodes of Luke Cage. Oh wow! He's like he's like just like the like a local barbershop like kid or like young mm. young guy man where he's just like hey, Luke, are you gonna fight, help? Are you gonna help fight against the neighbor? Like he's just like the kid that like, keeps like going up to Luke like oh. are you gonna stop these guys? Kind of like so I guess he was younger at that time. So this guy this yeah, he's not like, actor. He's, he's like a. I think he's like he's supposed to be like in the I think he's like young you know like a young adult like twenties sure sure twenties in Luke Cage like he's yeah. not like a teenager he's not supposed to be like a kid but he's right, like right, oh, come he's on like, man you gonna do something yeah um, I I love this guy I thought that it, like I, as far as like Louis Armstrong portrayals go I was like this is pretty excellent yeah. like just the way he's like they come in and he's scatting but then even now he's talking he's like oh we like that jazz yeah. like it's just like oh wow like and this is really good when they're doing the the Mozart Hendrix 
Wow. Like Duel off. He's in the background just going to town, like dancing. He's yeah. got this great face. He's like, yeah. yeah. Like, I love that he is just kind of like, he's the one that is like bought into the band. Yeah. First. Like they go to Hendrix first, obviously, but then they go to him next because Hendrix is like, no. And then they go to him and he buys into it and he's just like, Oh, okay. But I like that they show him the video of Hendrix, which is also hilarious because it's just, he's holding the phone and he's looking at it, but he's appreciating the music he's hearing. And you're like, oh, wow, this is a really, like, this This is really awesome. And he's the one that's kind of sold and goes, yeah, I want to meet this guy. Like, I really need to meet this guy. Yeah, this was like a stand-up performance for me. I really, really love this guy in in this role. He's he's one of the best historical figures they've used in a while. Yeah, Yeah, very good. Dasman still as Jimi Hendrix. Also a really good performance. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's, you know, he's just, he, he feels like, I guess it feels like Jimi Hendrix. You know what I mean? To like, a degree. Yeah. I, I felt a little, he felt a little off to me, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I I think you get Hendrix for the guitar playing. That's yeah, what you that's get what him it for. Is, yeah. But the, the performance feels a little, like, whereas I think Jeremiah Kraft was very dedicated to trying to portray Louis Armstrong in the best way possible. Like, is trying to, like, really, like, show him. Yeah. Um, I felt like this guy kind of was... Maybe didn't have Hendrix down all the well, way. Hendrix and I was like, okay, is also it's... the most modern figure that they've used, right? Yeah, I mean, like, this guy's from the '60s. I yeah, mean, you know, like so this is like they're not going back that far. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I, 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 I think it's harder when you're going like nobody's going to go. Oh, that's not how Lung Moon really was. Like. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But I feel like there's <laughs> enough video of Hendrix where you could, like, study yeah. this and, you know, at least bring something to it. But it, it's a fine performance. It's not like he has, like, a, a bunch to do. No, so. but it, you have to remember, too, none of these people are historically accurate. So right. you can't hold this because we can actually compare this guy to the actual Jimi Hendrix more than anybody. It's not fair exactly. to him. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, That's exactly what it is. Jesus is in this movie. Jesus Nobody's criticizing that. Jesus like, is in this movie. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. I got a whole thing on that. Well, we'll discuss all the other... Kind of, yeah. It's, it's There's great. one particular one I'm excited to talk about because somebody got that call. Yeah. Um, no more lamenting for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Beck Bennett as Officer Deacon Logan. It's a small role. It's a small role, but, but they bring Deacon back. Yeah, they and that's bring what's Deacon important. back. And, yeah. and Beck Bennett, I like Beck Bennett. You know, yeah. he was on Saturday Night Live at the time. And, uh, yeah. And I think he I, I like that he just goes into the police force like his dad. Yeah. Like, that's very funny to me. I'm like, oh, of course he And would. of course like, he Deacon's dates. the one who's always following the orders. And then um, Ted's the one who breaks away from it. But I, I, I really like that. Um, and he dates or he marries and Missy. He's, and he's and... Married, I mean, it literally starts with the wedding of him and Missy. Um, and he's really funny. Um, I, I, I enjoy him. I like Beck Bennett a lot. And yeah. I'm excited to see whatever he's going to do. Because he's obviously not on SNL anymore. But I'm excited to see what else he's going to do. Because I think he's just so funny. Yeah. I really do. I think he was one of the, I think he was one of the strongest cast members in a while yeah. to be on there. So we'll see. But yeah, good performance. Hal Landon Jr. as Chief Logan. He's back. He's back. Yeah. Um, I one of the few one that's of the in few. all three. Right. One of the few it's Bill that's in and all three. Ted, him, Missy, mm-hmm. and that's it. Technically, I guess. Uh, you can Rufus. count Carlin, yeah. You yeah. can, because but it's it's, it's, of, it's image and not it's, really it's him. more yeah. archival footage, but. Um, I, I I do think it's kind of a redemption for Logan, isn't it? For Chief Logan. This is kind yeah, he, of a redemption movie in a way where he's not really the antagonist this time around. He comes off as that at first, but then he comes around and he understands 
what Bill and Ted have been trying to do yeah, because for so he doesn't long. believe any. He doesn't of believe the, any yeah. of it. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, "You got to stop this. This is done. You didn't go to hell. You didn't time travel." It's so crazy to look at him from Bogus Journey and then look at him in this movie, and you're just like, "Wow, he's really like he's up there. He's yeah. up there in age." But yeah. um, I like that he has the come around moment where he's in hell and he's like, "He's like, yeah, you guys did it. I, I get it." He's like, "I see. I get it. You guys did it. I I know." And it's very funny. But uh, yeah, Howling Jr. He's a good. He's great. Um, Jillian Bell as Dr. Taylor Wood. I really like Jillian I Bell. I like her too. Yeah. I think she's really fun in this movie. Yeah. I think she does a great job of it's playing like, like the therapist who's scenes. like, yeah, yeah the, ther- the therapist who doesn't exactly know what to do with these people. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, okay. Like, and as know. they're slowly revealing like, oh, they're time traveling. Well, with time travel. Time like, travel. Like, he's like, no, no, I'm from 1408. You know, no, I'm, from, like, I'm a princess. I'm sorry, you're a princess? What is that even? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very funny. Um, and I, I, I even like that whole scene too where they're just like, uh, Bill and Ted are, are, are just like, oh, you know, we, we love you. We love we you. Love you. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, do you hear what's wrong with that? Oh, no. <laughs> let, let's try it. Uh, I and Bill love you. <laughs> They have a really great exchange there where he's like, he's like, dude, dude, no offense, but I don't think you're getting this. And then he's just like, I and Bill love you. Yeah, it's very funny. I and Ted love you. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, I really like Jillian Bell in the role. She's fun. It's a small role. Yeah. Very From the bottom though. of mine and Ted's hearts. <laughs> um, William Sadler as death. He's back. Yeah, he's a little farther down the cast list this yeah, time because yeah, he's really only in like the last third of the movie. Yeah, he's not really um, in it that much. He, he makes the they show you that he's there. They like show when you. they go yeah. to hell, like in the middle of the movie, or the, yep, yep. the uh, t- Ted's dad. They show you he's there. He yeah. pops up and he's kind of like looks, and you're like, oh, he's there. He's, like, he's gonna be and in they it. They reveal like, him later, and you're like, oh boy. And this guy has not missed a beat. No. I really feel that. Yeah. I don't think he missed a beat. I think he's wonderful still. I like how he's just kind of like still hurt over. Being like, like not the, being a part of the this, band, like because I know again in the in the credits of the second one they give you a little bit of backstory or future story I guess of what's happening, right. but like they give you a little bit more like he tried to basically steal the band name or whatever or steal the band kind of and they filed a you tried to steal the name Wild Stallions and they, they, yeah and they tried they filed a, a restraining order against yeah, them yeah. and I love that like <laughs> when he opens the door he's like oh can I be this close and he's just like in their face. I love that Ted stands like, you didn't go to hell. Death's in our band, Ted. <laughs> Don't you remember when death was in our band? It's very enjoyable. I, I think Sadler's uh, still very good here. I mean, the scene is when they're having the reconciliation stuff. Because after that, it kind of just goes into, like, everybody in the band together. But yeah. I love the whole reconciliation when they go to see him. He really shines in that scene. And you he just... He shows that, like, I haven't lost my step. I'm still very invested in this and role, Bill, and I just, and I love it. Tia having uh, Thea having to, like, warm butter him up by, like, oh, man, that, that oh, album dude, was a those, whole... Dude. That, that album was a whole wasn't great, but that, that bass lick on this song, that was, that was excellent. <laughs> those like, last three notes on this song, mind-blowing, and he's like, oh, you really think so? And he's just kind of like, you can tell they're buttering him up so much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so good. Yeah, I just, oh, man, William Sadler. He's one of my favorites of this. Yeah. Love him. Kid Cuddy as himself. Dude, I like Kid Cuddy in this movie. I do too. It's I funny. think he's really funny. I know you kind of said last week, oh, maybe he's in it too much or whatever. He actually, so I I, I thought, thought he was thought in it more. He was. Yeah. I thought he was 
like almost prominent throughout the movie to a point where I was like, this is a lot. But no, it's actually a very reasonable amount. Yeah. He's not in it that much. And the moments he is in it, he's really good. And yeah. I really enjoyed him. So he nails I, the joke. That I, I will take that back. He actually under, he's the only one that fully understands what's happening. Like he's the only one that fully <laughs> understands what's happening. And also you get the vibe, just Kid Cudi himself, that like he's just a big fan of the movies. Yeah. And he just seemed very happy to be there. Like he was like, oh, I really like these well, movies and, and I just wanted to be a part of it. And now we're seeing, because I didn't even put two and two together, that now we're seeing him like try to actually break into acting more with yep. he had a bigger role last year in uh, an X. X. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, that's, that was Kid Cudi. That's the same guy. I didn't yeah. even think about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's a lot of fun. I, and I love, I just, I love the joke of like just a random person, especially <laughs> when they're famous, of like, he just happens to also know, like, you know, all this science and all this, he fully understands the yep. the unraveling of the universe. Well, yeah. well, what you really, Kikuri, if we wanted to travel to infinity and do all this, how do we do? Well, if you really wanted to do this, you could look at this and this and this. Like yeah. it's just funny. He's excellent. Yeah, Kikuri, great, great, great role in this one. Um, Holland Taylor as the great leader. Yeah, she's good. She is good, isn't she's she? She's good. Yeah, yeah. She plays kind. It's it's funny because well, it's Rufus's wife. It's Rufus's wife and uh, Kelly's mother. Yes, and it's it's. Fascinating because she's kind of like she's not the antagonist, but they kind of play. Her I mean, she a she bit. is, and she but she comes around to everything. Yeah, and she's like she's like oh she wants what's right for the world, but she's they don't. Her best. They're becoming so desperate, and they're yes. trying to cling to the word word of Rufus, who was this. Like you know, I Almost mean, prophet. In yeah, a way. yeah. Uh, of of and this and, and the, he was the believer fan. Of yeah, of Bill, Bill and Ted, this yeah. believer in them. And he was this believer in them, and he supported them, and she's trying to cling on, like, this last little bit of love for her, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. husband, her late husband. But she's like, I just, I have to protect the world. Like, I am the leader. Makes, like, But it makes sense, because if you only had 77 minutes left <laughs> before the world ended, you'd be like, I think I need to do something I don't else. know. Kill him, I, I guess. Don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. Kill him. I, we have to do something. Like... I, I agree with where she was coming from. Like, she's the antagonist, but it's almost like she's the forced antagonist, you know? Like, she doesn't want to be, but she is. Yeah, she's just desperate. She's desperate, yeah. yeah. Amy Stotch as Missy. Yeah, again, another small another role, small but role. She's, it's, it's good to see her again. It's good to see she her. She looks I, good. She looks good. I love how just invested in, like, um, being this character she is that she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, of course, now I'm married to Deacon. Like, that's very funny. Like, yeah. I just moved from person to person to it, person. It, it's, it, there's still weird jokes where she's like, he's like, oh, Kissy Missy. And she's like, oh, your dad used to call me that. And he's like, oh, don't get me started. Like, <laughs> there's some... There's some, there's some problems in the in the in the Preston uh, Logan family. Uh, there's some issues. Um, <laughs> I like her though. I think she's great. Oh yeah, she's a great. Job. Yeah, she's really great. Um, let's do these two together. Aaron Hayes as Princess Elizabeth Logan and Jayma Mays as Princess Joanna Preston. Still not a lot to do, but the most yes. of the princesses get to do. But they're um, always together on screen. Yeah. So I wanted to like. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think they're really good matches mm-hmm. for. Bill and Ted. I kind of think it's almost like this is the these are the two that almost had the best chemistry. Yeah, them, I think because right? well, they get the chance to actually work with them, and I think yeah. their relationships are actually a little bit more meaningful. I know. Um, I was watching like various things about like the movies uh, and like re- various reviews about the movies and stuff, and I stumbled upon a video by um, the YouTube channel Red Letter Media. And I know, I know them. Yeah, yeah, I know they can be kind of contra- Like sometimes people like some you, you love some, them, and sometimes yeah. Sometimes their takes are a little off. And yeah, I'm like, but uh, they made a really good point of like, and I guess this is just a belief that they have on um, 
like just the movies in general. Uh-huh. And I forget the actual term that they used, but basically they said that basically in the 80s and early 90s, there would just be like a idea, like they believe that, and I, again, I don't know if there's confirmation, that basically protagonists in a movie, male protagonists in a movie had to have a love interest right. so that people wouldn't think they were gay. Like they they ah. gave Bill and Ted the the princesses, right. so people wouldn't think Bill and Ted were like lovers, right? Because back then that was you know gay panic and gay controversial right. and stuff like that. So like the princesses ultimately don't mean anything to the story throughout the movies, right? Other than the fact that Bill and Ted just need to be straight, hmm. right? Which I don't think that's totally. I I get I, the I, concept. I understand. I understand the what they're saying. I totally, yeah. it definitely makes me think. I think in the I I can see it in the originals. Like, oh, we just need to end them with a girlfriend, right? You know, but like, I think they're actually trying to work that, with. Though. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they try to make more out of it, and they use them starting even in Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. I think they use them in a stronger method right um but i wanted to mention that because yeah i mean they, they aren't the most fleshed out because this is the this is the third movie that's the most yeah. they're actually being fleshed out mm-hmm. you know even when they're talking oh it's been a while since they time traveled like you're like oh yeah they did time travel you don't yeah. even think about it right yeah like, you don't even think about it but they are very um i like these two a lot and i think they they do have the best chemistry with these yeah movies, uh with bill and ted and i like their whole story arc of them trying to like you know, the older versions of themselves showing them different timelines of Bill and Ted messing up, but then realizing the timeline they're in yeah, is the one where they're happy. And I think they could flush it a little bit more. And we'll talk oh, about, sure, we'll talk about sure. that. But I think them seeing like Bill and Ted basically sacrificing themselves for their daughters, daughters really showed them. like, oh, these are the men. That, this is why we love these men. Right. Like, yeah. So yeah. agreed. Anthony Carrigan as Dennis Caleb McCoy. If there's anybody in this movie that can give William Sather a run for his money, it's yeah. this. Oh, Dude, um, do yeah. you do you watch Barry? Did you? I've watch? seen enough yeah. of Barry, um, and I he's very good on that show. Yeah, I love him in this role. Yeah. I love that he puts on this giant costume and all this makeup, and he's accidentally and I, killing the wrong people the whole time. He's, and every time he does it, he's like, oh. he's so riddled with anxiety. He's so, <laughs> but it's like after he kills someone that he's not supposed to, it's anxiety, but also there becomes this like guilt on top of it of like i wasn't supposed to kill that person and now i feel bad about it yeah and it's it's so good like just the character development through the movie of this it's almost like william sadler yeah death he's neurotic yeah yeah he wins them over by the end yeah uh, even the building i'm dennis and uh, i'm I'm dennis dennis mccoy dennis caleb mccoy (laughs) Like, but I love whenever he tries to start going on rants. There's the one where they're all like in this pit with like shovels and they're working, and he walks up and he's like, he's like, "Hey, I'm Dennis. I'm Dennis Caleb McCoy. And now that everyone's here, I just want to." And then Bill and Ted just start clapping over him. And yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. They're like, "Yeah, okay." Well, I lo- again, there's a scene. Um, like he well, just keeps trying to rant when they're in hell and they're looking for their daughters and they're talking to the demons and uh-huh. the team. And that scene alone, where they're like, "Oh, thanks, Steve." They're like, Oh yeah, they're at that. They're with the group. They're there. Nice group of kids. A nice group of kids. And like, oh, thanks, demons. Yeah, and thanks. he just he's then his Caleb McCoy's in the background just going, yeah, thanks, demons. Like, like he's like the odd man out, and he's just like, yeah, thanks, demons. Thanks. He's trying and to like, like ingratiate himself into the group, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, okay, you you know, you kill people. Like we're not totally sold on you yet. Um, and you could snap at any moment. Like you can tell. Like there's a little bit of a. But I think he really wins everyone over by the end. And. He's just so enjoyable in the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a true standout of this can, movie. I, I, do you want me to play the tambourine? I can play the tambourine. The tambourine takes skill. The tambourine takes a lot of skill. Yeah, putting <laughs> those two together was also... Oh, 
just great. But I, I think... I, oh, I mean, you dance. Go over there and yeah, dance. Oh, you go over there and dance. I really think Anthony Carrigan in that role, it, it might be the standout of this movie. Yeah, it's just really Just for good. how enjoyable it is. Uh, it's very good. Let's do these two together. Samara Weaving as Theodora Thea Preston and Bridget Lundy Payne as Wilhelmina Billy Logan. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's excellent, isn't it? They, it's, it's like you can tell they watched the other two movies. Specifically. And just kind of were like, it felt like they were trying to inhabit the younger versions of these characters. Yeah. I think Samara... Of who Bill and Ted used to be, they're the new ones. I think Samara Weaving's really good, and she plays a... Like, oh, yeah, that, you can believe that that yeah. is and Bill's Weaving, daughter. Huge. Like, probably going to be a star. Yeah. Well, that and the, the connection that she is the niece... Of we'll talk Hugh, about it. Yeah, of Hugo we'll Weaving, which I believe, yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll I get be, there. there. There's a reason why Stop she's in spoiling this. my facts. <laughs> there's a reason why. Well, you can you can piece that together no, you if can, you know no, the you family can. history. Oh, you, know, you don't know the family history. Have you met the family? Uh, I mean, I know she's the niece kidding. of. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm of, kidding. You it's know who? Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Death kind of looks like Voldemort. Yeah, so it I sure guess. does. Yeah, he kind of um, does. Doesn't he? Does yeah. They did it first though. Yeah, I think she's good in the role. But um, um, Bridget was her Lundy name? Payne. Yeah, Bridget, Bridget Lundy Payne. I believe um, to the the it's a it's a binary a non-binary uh, yes. actress. So they they them they go by. So I'm gonna try to try to stick to that the best I can. But they are uh, specifically Bridget Lundy Payne. Excellent. Like even Excellent. like yeah. is basically Keanu Reeves and reincarnated I, in the role. I think that's what. Well, that's what they were both going for. Yeah. They were trying to be. The versions of their father. Well, I think Samara as much Weaving as they could is more like a like more believable of like oh she is just Bill's daughter. But Bridget, I think Bridget Lundy Payne they bring it. Yeah, like, they bring they, it. like they are basically just Ted reincarnated. Yeah, like, they you know, they like, absolutely bring the heat, and you you can feel it. And you're absolutely right about that. They bring it, and you feel it, and it does feel like you're watching a younger Keanu on screen. Yeah, and you're like. Wow, like they really like watch those movies and just inhabit like that energy yeah. that Keanu has in those movies, and it's 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 really impressive. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. They deserve that but, credit. But both of them, yeah, both of them, I think are are excellent. And yeah, and yeah I mean, really, the perfect choices for, for I think they're. I, I don't think you could have cast better. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I know. Again, I know we talked about this. The inclusion of their daughter, making them daughters, right? Yeah. Especially after they clearly back. Because I don't think they ever. I know there was rumors, and you'll, I know you'll get into it. I don't know the details, but that yeah, obviously a third movie. It's, it's been thirty years, yep. or basically thirty years since the the second movie. Yep. So third movie's always in the works. So I don't think they ever fully. They never knew what the third movie would end up being. So like, yeah, in the end of the second one, we'd spring out little Bill and little Ted as a joke. Yeah. But I like the idea of okay, well, it's actually little uh, Wilhelmina and little Theodora, yep. right? It's different. It's not just. Oh, little Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. Little Bill and little Ted. Yeah, it's different. Like playing up. That was actually that was, that was actually their daughters they yeah. had, and not just not not sons. And I know, obviously, we mentioned that this is off some people, but I think those people can go suck an egg because I think yeah, uh, they're excellent in this movie, and agreed. I love the inclusion. I love the relationship they have with their fathers. Yeah, agreed. So. Agreed. They're good ones. Uh, Kristen Shaw as Kelly. 
I think she's great. I, I think, think she's too. great. Uh, as the new Rufus. The new Rufus. Well, yeah. Not, I don't want to say the new Rufus. I want to say more like um, Rufus's replacement. Yeah. Also Rufus's daughter. Yeah, Rufus's daughter. And I, I, well, it's funny because at first I was like, oh, I thought I was surprised they didn't go with like a big comedian. I was like, she is a, like a comedian. Very Charles is a very yeah, big comedian. I, I know. Whoa. I was because like, <laughs> I'm so used to her being. Like this famous actress yeah. and doing all these things and like doing. You forget in, that she has yeah, a background in comedy. In, which are Bob's Burgers and. Uh, I think she uh, has done a lot of sketch comedy too. Yeah. I think she was on a few of those sketch shows as yeah. well. Yeah. So I was, I was, I just had forgotten because I'm so used to. And she's funny. Yeah. yeah she's she, funny. Oh, but, really funny. But in this, in this movie, she's more. Um, she plays it straight. She plays yeah. it very straight. Well, we but she's really good. Carlin's not that funny in the original exactly. movies I think either. That's exactly like what that, it yeah. is. Yeah. He's not because he's not that funny either. And then you bring this comedian in. And while she is very funny, uh, like in other roles and off screen, like it's interesting to see her in this where she's more restrained and yeah. she's just kind well, of like. Well, there's moments where she's like, George Washington's looking at the Sahara Desert or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I gotta go, mom. Like, yeah. And there's that tension with her mom, too. Yeah. And I <laughs> I never thought my mom would kill me, but she did it. <laughs> oh, you named the robot Dennis. Of course you named it after my next boyfriend. Like, <laughs> Of course you named it after my ex boyfriend. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, Kristen Shaw, she's great, though. She's great. Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire. Do we do these together? I was going to say, you want to do these together. together. And Keanu Reeves as Ted Theodore Logan. It's so good to see them back together. It is, isn't it? They're it's looking really They're looking good. good. And you know what? I, I They're aging very well. I mean, everyone says that about Keanu, but seeing Alex Winter, it was like, yeah. wow, he looks really good still. I know people were like, oh, they're, they're like, and I think specifically Keanu, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's, he's just phoning it in. He's not trying... No, they Bill and Ted they grew in between movies. Yes, they they've grown as people. Like yeah, they're still doing the oh dude, but like they're not they don't they, they're, they're not, not trying kids anymore. They're not trying to sound like kids. They yeah. are grown men. Like yes. they have a house. They have they have houses. They have families. Mm-hmm. Like they're not trying to do the same thing. Like it took me like when I because uh, I, I watched this once and I started watching it again. Um, I, I watched like pieces, like I watched about halfway through, and then I skipped to the ending because I just like the ending so much. Um, again, it's a second time. But like when you when I, like when I watched it, when I revisited like for this, I was like, yeah, well, they they are not trying to be the same characters. They are much more mature. Like I and I know obviously the story of, or part of the story of the movie is them becoming individuals and expressing yeah. themselves as individuals specifically with the love of their wives yep. I love you not we not we love you yes yes um, but I, hilarious by the way <laughs> which I think but I think they do a great job of playing the Bill and Ted that we know but they are adults and it, well, it does make sense because if you take 91 Bill and Ted like I, watching Bogus Journey, it felt weird that those guys had kids. Yes, because they were still kids themselves, kind yep. of right. And I know that again, those are they've. It's been like a year and a half mm-hmm. that they've time traveled back or whatever. But still, it makes sense that these guys would have kids and a family and a house and a wives. Like it, and it, then you watch this movie though, and it makes sense that they are more mature because they raised children. Yes, and that inherently kind of makes you more mature. And because they're such good people. You know that they cared about their kids deeply yeah. and wanted to make them the best they could be. It's like these aren't the same guys. These aren't yeah. kids anymore. The fact that people complain about that blows me away because yeah. it's like, it's like, what were you expecting? And, like these middle-aged guys to do walk back in there and just, hey, dude, what's up, man? Oh, Billy, they this, yeah, the like, same man. Like, yeah, they, they only do that once. They do it once yeah. when they're in the uh, phone booth for the first time. They do it, but it's like it's and not it, one of those. 
think they do it at the end, maybe. I think they do it at the end. I think when they they're going to infinity, maybe I can't remember. Maybe I don't remember. It's possible. Yeah. Um, I watched the movie a couple days ago. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think um, like if you were expecting the same youthful energy, you're not going to get that from two guys. They're who in their fifties. Like, in their fifties, it's like these are grown men grown adults and yeah they're still saying dude and maybe that's like that's kind of the funny thing because there's these 50 year old guys walking around going hey what's up dude like that's still funny but like they're not gonna have that same energy where they're running around it's like it's different now well ted and they're adults with families ted sits down and says like yesterday before any of these problems yeah before any of these problems even occurred in the movie ted's like yesterday i went to the pawn shop or the music shop to talk about selling the equipment yeah like you know, like they're getting ready to move on with their lives. Yeah. Like they're they are they are mature. And then, we, but then we get to see the beauty of it: these alternate versions <laughs> that are much more comedic and yeah. are much more like the ones we know. We're yeah. like, and we get to see Ted having a drinking problem. <laughs> we get to see Ted have a drinking problem. And, we get to see uh, him go to prison. Go to prison and get and completely, completely jacked. jacked. <laughs> Which that that effect looked good. I mean, I know it oh, suits, yeah. but yeah. It, that looked, looked really good. good. Um, and even then, like, but then like. They we have to see them be British. Yeah, be <laughs> <laughs> but then meeting their older versions, like older versions of themselves. Like, That's a really a, sweet moment. It's a really yeah. powerful like when and yeah. then when he's like when Ted's like, what's he says to he's like, oh I was like afraid of you or it's like yeah. something like like I was kind of afraid of you mm-hmm. and he's like oh you know it's okay like how they talk about themselves and like their inner peace and their mm-hmm. inner love like. It's it's really powerful and meaningful, like, and they give really good performances in yeah. here, like yeah. it's because they're literally doing both, yeah, and it's like that's what makes it even more powerful because you're like, wow, they're literally doing this with themselves. I mean, obviously there's a stand in there, but the fact they're doing both roles like that and delivering is just it, it's really special, and I think these guys are just the best they've ever been in the roles in this yeah. movie. I and, really and do. they and they get to play different things, right? Yes, yeah, they get to, they still get to stretch their comedic chops yeah. and doing those exaggerated versions of themselves in the alternate realities um but they also get the heartfelt moments like you said where yeah. they're with their their older selves or with their wives where they finally say i, I love, love you. you yeah or with their daughters where they're like we're here to back you like yeah. you know there's just all these really sweet moments like that and yeah. you're just like this, this is really nice bill and ted the what the, the the bill and ted in the main bill and ted in this movie aren't that funny but again bill and ted haven't always been that funny in the right. movies it's it's the situations that it's placing them in the situations that is the is that is funny right them yeah. facing off against death them getting napoleon <laughs> it's, it's from situa- a water park it's like that's, situational it's comedy, situational comedy. Yeah. like that's where it is so them going up against themselves in dave Grohl's house or in <laughs> prison or whatever like yeah. that's that's where the comedy comes from right. uh, yeah I don't that people can complain and say, oh, it's, again, specifically Keanu Reeves, because I think it's hard for people to see Keanu Reeves as anything, but like, because he still has got the John Wick hair kind of, and you right, know. But I, I don't think he was, I, I personally didn't see a guy who was um, phoning it in. No. Because he was you, trying something different. He, well, he was doing something different, yes, but as you said, this was a more mature version of Ted at this yeah. point, and I don't think he was phoning in because. When you go to the other exaggerated versions of themselves, he's turned up to 100. With at, Him and Winter are like both there yeah. and just going big. And I'm like, you get those moments where he goes big and goes comedic that you need the central Ted to be a more 
laid back, laid back, cool. easygoing, yeah. like centered guy. Because these other versions of himself are, are completely so off, off yeah. the rails, drunk. And I mean, yeah. he has a drinking problem the first time, and then they're in prison, and then he's pretending to be British. I mean, it's like all of this crazy stuff, and it's like you need those crazy guys to show you this movie wouldn't be good if it was one of these guys. Yeah. It needs to be this centered. This dude. is. This is why we like Bill and Ted, because look at the Bill and Ted that we know, right? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And the fact that people, it, it keeps going over their heads that these are good people, it blows my mind. Yeah. It's like they want these like silly guys still, and it's like, it, it would have good people. It would have been uh, jarring if, if we went in there and they had the same energy as they did yeah. when they were like in their 20s. Like, it, it, completely. It wouldn't work. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, let's move on from uh, casting. I have a synopsis here. Well... Let me give you a quick synopsis. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like this one. I'm here. As Bill and Ted struggle to write the song that will unite the universe and all reality, they find themselves racing against the clock to save those they love, heal friendships along the way, and face the music. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, we talked about the story, but we can talk about it a little thank bit. Thank you, Steve Cloves. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the story a little bit, real quick. Um, I think it's 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 we talk about it. it's it's a, it's a it's a good combination of the. Uh, Excellent adventure, bogus journey, stories, right? A little bit of fresh stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea. Again, there are no, no true antagonists, right? Because even like no. the great leader or Dennis Caleb McCoy end up being like, you know, kind of allies or having good intentions right. or whatever, you know? So like, yeah, I think it's just it's just a fun, feel-good movie. It, it, it's, it, what it does is it, it finally inserts the heart and for what is... We can assume the final, and I'm sure you have some stuff on this, the final entry um, into the Bill and Ted franchise, um, and probably the last time we'll see these actors in this role, Mm -hmm. that uh, it's really nice to have a heartfelt, emotional thing, you know what I mean? And and, and, uh, yeah, the story really works for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's an excellent story. I think it's probably the perfect conclusion to the Bill and Ted franchise. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can get any better than this, and I don't think they should try. I think it's no. the per- it's the perfect trilogy. It works the way it is, and it sol- and it completely uh, solves the problem of what the first movie was about, that they were going to write the song, or they were going to unite the world, and they do that at the end of this movie. Yeah. You don't need anything more. That's the story. Yeah. Everything beyond that is now just the future that's peaceful and hopeful and all of that. That's all it is. I think the problem is when you say, oh, they're going to unite the world with their music. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that look like? Right. Right? Like, you you can't have a song. Like, like one that like they play... Uh, what's the song they play the Bogus Journey? Um, some, the Kiss song they play at the end of Bogus Journey. Oh, God uh, Gave You Rock and God Roll. God Gave Him Rock and Roll or whatever, right? Like... That's a great song, but like nobody's gonna believe that that's the song that united the world. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, so like, how do you do that? Right? It's, it's like when you. I, I know I can't think of other examples, but I know there's been other movies and TV shows that are like, or I guess even kind of like, you can. T- uh, I think of like Pulp Fiction, right? Right? Like everybody always talks about what's in the briefcase, but we can't find out what's in the briefcase. It's never going to meet your imagination. Yeah. Right, so like it's hard. With like, what's what does that song sound like? So like, I think they found an interesting way of handling it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the song necessarily that united the world. It's that they actually literally united the world by having them come together yep. in this moment. It's a beautiful thing. And you know, in and because I'm assuming this was filmed in 
2019 or maybe finished early, early 20 I think it, it finished, finished early very early 2020 yeah that, like February 2020 that in 2020 which is where everybody was alone in the world mm-hmm. this movie has this message of uniting the world and coming together right and we all being one to save our existence right that also made me tear up a little bit yep. because the fact that it it's was, and we're obviously we're it was timely without meaning to be yeah we're obviously we're a little bit more back to what we were pre-covid not completely no, it's never going to be it's that never normal. going to be that normal yeah. now but um maybe in like a thousand years or something like that yeah, 100 years or whatever it dies out yeah well not, like, we won't be here we anymore, won't be here now <laughs> but like the fact that like when that time where where we all kind of needed that togetherness right we mm-hmm. needed we couldn't be together and we needed that to watch in the movie like it's 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 a it's a great ending. It's a perfect idea. It's a perfect story. And they and they kind of got lucky with that. That it hit so hard. Yeah, yeah they did. But, they did get lucky. But man, and but but they also played off of it because the stuff. And I know you're talking about it. The stuff with the, the credits. Yeah. Where they had that 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 was after COVID. They yeah. they started that once COVID hit. They were yeah. like, hey, send us your videos and we'll put you in the movie. I'm just not going to do fun facts. No, well, I just no, I didn't look that I'm up. I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't just... look that up. I know. <laughs> I I remember because again, this was only three years ago. I remember when this happened. Yeah, yeah, that opinions. <laughs> I like movies, man. I know stuff about I'm just, movies. I'm completely kidding with you. I know it's okay. It's perfectly okay. I agree with your story synopsis. Let's tie this into opinions because <laughs> no, because like I feel like whenever we start talking it is, story, it, it just ties into the opinions anyway. It does. Let's just go into opinions. Look. This movie's incredible. I really think it's, it's really it's a really great movie. Um, like I said, I think it's a bit of a half step down from like adventure and journey, and it's it, it's just like little things. And I think it's, it's not as consistently. I don't funny. think it's as consistently funny, right? And I don't think it. Um, and and excellent adventure and bogus journey. They they visually, of course, they didn't look the best, but this one looks a little. A little cheaply made, uh, and you can kind of feel yeah, that. Does. And mm. I think that the twenty-five million dollar budget probably explains that. Um, so I think it's a bit of a half step down, just for like very like minor reasons. Um, and it and and while the story, like you said, does really work, and you get those heartfelt moments, and you feel those like beautiful moments where they're all coming together, and the world is 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 one, and we are all uniting for our existence, like. All of that really, really works. But, like, the journey to get there can be a little... It's a little on-off. I get it. It's, it's a little yeah. hot and cold for me, the journey to get there. But I, I, I still really enjoy this movie. Um, and I think it's a, a really solid conclusion. Like, because this... Like you said, this could have been bad. Yeah. This could have been bad. They could have been trying to do the youthful energy and trying to, like, recapture their 20-year-old 20, selves. And they don't do that. They're smart. And they say, these characters have aged... They're going to act their age, and they're going to have daughters who capture that youthful yes, energy that they we're can looking be the, for. Now they they're are going to the new the con- They're going to be yes. the conduit for this youthful energy, and they can do it. And you're going to have these these two men just going through middle age, and that's that's what works. And I think it's a really really great film in that sense that it was able to write around that. It wasn't trying to say uh, Bill and Ted are going to be youthful again. No, they're old. They're older. They're middle age. And they have daughters, they have families, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I think it's a great movie, though. And I think it really just, it sticks to the landing. It ha- it does have funny moments, but it also has probably the most heartfelt moments we've seen in any of these movies. Yeah, and I think, that's, I think that's the fair trade-off. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a reason why it took 30 years to make, mm -hmm. right? I think that they wanted to make sure that, well, first off, the studios, and we mentioned the, the second movie, like, kind of didn't really make its money back, or it's like, right, like, it's pretty close, like, kind of, you know what I mean? It was on the cusp. It's like on the I cusp. I think it, I think probably in the long run, again, through like DVD sales and stuff. What well, was twenty million, but it only made thirty-eight million. Yeah, so but so, I mean, kind of was like on the cusp. I'm imagining in the thirty years since then, it's probably made its money back through various. I'm wondering if the home things. video release counted for that too. I I don't think it I, I don't think it counts in that number. It probably they but, but they it probably made money, made off money of back off the, off of yeah, that off yeah the home release right. Yeah. Well, that's well, again. Um, Matt Damon used to talk about that, or Matt Damon talked about that right, in, yes, in an yes. interview that we referenced before. I forget exactly what he said, but that back in the day that they that was. They, they counted. They counted the DVD. They, sales. they would. Yeah. They would be like, yeah. Well, we're probably going to sell a couple ten million more dollars on the DVD or VHS sales. On physical copies. Physical sales copies alone. alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that doesn't even include merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I understand why it took thirty years because besides the money stuff, they wanted to make sure whether it's Keanu Reeves, whether it's Alex Winter, whether it's whether it's the writers, they wanted to make sure. That's done right. Yeah, it's absolutely. not just a a wild, wacky adventure through time or whatever, right? Like all four of them worked hard, like the writers and uh, Keanu and uh, Winter, to make sure this worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and again, and and I'm not going to get into it, but I know when we've kind of talked. We no, it's not with this. It's uh, it's more for next week. But uh, but we've hinted that there are other things that I'm sure you're going to break down properly in yes. the retrospective next week. I will. Of things they could have done, and they could have just done that stuff with Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, mm. and it would maybe be fine, but it wouldn't be on the same, you know, the same par as the other two movies. Sure, right? They work towards, like you said, they put the love in and they put the yeah. the work in to make sure that this movie, this story, was what they wanted. It was it was something, and as time passed, they found a way to include that as well. And mm. oh, let's include our daughters and stuff. I think that works perfectly. Yeah, and yeah, it is a little visually off at times i think the problem is we we have different expectations for movies now and we right. want like the big visuals and i think what they did back then is they kept things simple right when they go to hell it's a couple of rocks and like a and like you yes. know a statue yeah right but if they went to hell and it was that people would be like well that wasn't what are we doing so now, like, now you get the yeah and now it, when they go to hell in this movie it's Monsters flying in the background. Yeah. There's lava rivers and you see all of it, yeah. right? And you, I don't think you need to... They could have done like more, like a simpler thing. Mm -hmm. But I get why they felt like they had to. And that again, that might have been the studio going, well, it's got to be more visual thing. Or when they go to the future, it's one room. They're in right. one room in, in the other movies. And now they're walking on this bridge and they're seeing the whole future and we're seeing the world around them. Like, I think... Time and I think expectations forced them to include visuals that maybe they weren't financially ready for. Right. Um. So I don't. Again, I don't really blame them for that. Right. So yeah, I, I just think it's it is a it's 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 funny. It's not as maybe not as funny as the other ones. Not mm -hmm. as at least maybe not. I think the laughs might equal out because I think the things that are funny in this movie are maybe funnier than a lot of things in right. the other movies. Right. But it's not as consistently funny. Sure. Um, but I think the I think the, it's two really great performances. I think it's a great ensemble. I think the daughters are steal the show big time, and they're really the ones to to look out for. Right. And I just think that uh, it is that heart. 
It is yeah. including heart because I think the heart was missing from the other ones. And it's oh, they're stupid comedies. We don't really they're feel good comedies. We don't need the heart because it's feel good in itself. We don't need yep. the romance or we don't need the the the, the emotional moments. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we get that we get that here on top of all the comedy and on top of the ridiculousness of it all, and they play it all together. Because when you look at it, what's happening? In the moment when the emotion's flowing, when they're playing the song and Kid Cudi's disappearing and all, all these people are playing instruments in their travel world, that's an emotional moment, but it's ridiculous. So yeah, they are combining time. that. And yeah, I think that, sure. that's really great. Perfect so yeah, point. I, I, think it's a great, I think it's a great addition. I think it's a great finale. Fantastic. Uniqueness. What stands out to you? Well, first, before we talk about that, do you want to give your score? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this three and a half stars. I also gave this three and a half stars. Yes. yes. Yeah. So we're only, we're in agreement. Yes. Uniqueness. What stands out to you? Um, I think it's the older uh, Keanu and older Alex Winter. Big I, time. I think. Um, again, I think the the more subdued nature of their performances. Yes. I think toning it down. Um, again, uh, uh, which threw off some people, but I think taking that. I think it was the right of, move. It was the right move. I really do think it was the right move. Um. I think you know that stands out to me. I think the inclusion of the daughters. I think the family element. I think the heart, the heartfelt emotions. Right. I think those all stand out. The heartfelt um, moments are, are definitely a standout for me because that's something that they didn't have in the previous. They didn't movies. know. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Just, it was just like, oh, we love you. We love you, princesses. Yeah. Like that was it. Like yeah. it wasn't. There was no. There was no really heartfelt moment where you walked away going, "That was emotional." This is the first movie to have emotion, and that for me is a big standout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's my main stand. I think it's just I, the emotion. It's probably that. Yeah. Um, does this bring anything new? You kind of mentioned it though, just there where it's like, yes, the daughters, the family element, um, these new quote unquote villains in Dennis Caleb McCoy and the great leader yeah. who aren't really villains, but like it's, it's still there anyway as antagonists. Yeah. Um, Rufus's daughter is yeah. new. Like we didn't know he had a daughter. Yeah. And again though, like it is like, what's new. It is those heartfelt emotions like yep. you just said like that is new that's something that's new to this franchise brand new you know and yep. and bringing in the paternal relationship mm-hmm. between bill and ted and their daughters like that again i got emotional thinking about that yeah you know and and i'm and i know that, that again that's the joke oh i'm a father now but like as a as a parent you like, say that joke not me <laughs> you're like mocking it no no me, and i'm like you I, say that no, joke because i because i joke about <laughs> oh, it oh you but, know you always say oh you're a father <laughs> i joke about it myself but there are times that I'm like, actually, no, I am being like for real though. As a like, as yes, a father, I, I, understand. Can, I understand. I can connect to that. I mean, yeah. I'm just wiser than you now. You have to understand that. Oh my god! But, uh, it's like you can't just have a nice moment on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we can't have nice moments here. When I'm replaced <laughs> next week, I understand. <laughs> For the retrospective, I'll get somebody brand new. You're go, still going to record here in my home. I'll, but I'll, 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 I'll be recording here in the home and I'll go, remember when we watched Excellent Adventure, Adventure and the person across from me is going, uh... Yeah. And I'm like, what was your favorite part? Do you remember? <laughs> Just trying to have conversations. Oh, man. That's like the worst episode to do it on. What's the best scene? Uh, to me, th- I think there's a lot of really great scenes. Mm-hmm. And I'll, some honorable mentions. I think um, uh, an underrated comedy moment is Bill and Ted escaping... Uh, David Grohl, Dave Grohl's house. Yeah. By uh, they're like we, we we need to stop ourselves from figuring out. So they put buckets, buckets on their, on head. their head, yeah. <laughs> and they fall out the window. And he's just like, "What was the idea? I don't know, dude." Oh, <laughs> uh, I think um, them in hell is a standout. Big time. Uh, yep. Anything with like um, with uh, Louis Armstrong. I think I think mm-hmm. kind of Billy and, and Thea's adventures. Anything with the the daughters. The yeah. daughters yeah. Is, is it? But I think I think the best scene to me is. 
the ending. I just think the ending is really strong. And that, that to me is the best scene because it is the culmination of not just this whole movie, but kind of this whole franchise. It's, yeah. We are finally seeing the performance and you understand why they are. And yes, like we didn't really talk about it. They do change a little bit of like, yeah, what did, what are Bill and Ted supposed to have done? Was it because yeah. their music was so good that they the reality thing was the new yeah part I think of it. Well, I think in the first in. one it's like their music was so good yeah and their philosophies were so strong that the world just kind of adopted them and then I think the second one was well they wrote a song mm-hmm. that was so good that it changed everything and then this one's well it didn't just change everything it saved the world and all reality from from dying yes it's like oh okay like it, the, the the playing field was always changing so we'll say <laughs> the playing field was only always changing. Um, my best scene is I I agree with you that the ending of the movie is very strong and is a culmination of this entire uh, franchise. Um, but for me, it is it is the moment where they're with their old selves yeah. in that room. Yeah. It really is such a touching and sweet moment. Where does it come from? Like, where are these emotions coming from? Like literally tearing up from? during you're a Bill and Ted movie. Up watching Bill and Ted as these guys come to peace with themselves, and you're like. Oh geez, like they're finding peace, and this is really this is really moving, and I they, just love it. They also talk about that you don't think about the burden that this has been of on their lives. Having to write the the song that's going to unite they, everything. They almost yeah. ruined their marriage. Yep. Because like they said, they couldn't stand watching them for twenty five years or whatever. Banging their heads against banging the their heads against the wall. Yeah, yeah. it's like, a burden. Yeah. So, Anybody would have feel that, though. Yeah. If you're tasked with writing a song to unite the world, I mean, we would be banging our heads against the wall going, what the f*** do we write? Yeah. Like, well, that's why they're trying different things, the throat singing and all that stuff. Like that. Was, oh, that wedding. Oh, that's so funny. I think it, that song's kind of a banger, man. That song's kind of a banger. <laughs> that song's kind of <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. It's so good. Um, let's move on to connectivity. You ready for this? All right. How does this fit in with the franchise? I think it does a great job, and we've kind of been talking about it, right, the entire time. Is it is this perfect blend of the first and second movie, combining yeah. them, right? The hell elements, mm. death, yep, and from from Bogus Journey, and but also the the actual just straight like you mentioned, Billy and Thea get their own little excellent adventure yeah. in this movie. Like they do the it's subplot like a of this movie. Excellent adventure. The subplot of this movie is the first movie, yep. in this, and it's going through and collecting now specifically only musical historical figures yes. but it's historical figures right yeah. and yeah i think that that is um i think that's really strong and i and i think uh that's how it connects i, I think that's a big thing it is just perfect blending yeah and and again we always talk about honoring the things that come before but finding a way to do your own thing and i think it yeah. does that exactly that yeah i think it's the blending and i think it is the story of bill and ted i think that it's a believable story yeah you don't walk you don't go into this movie not buying what you're seeing you believe what you're seeing because you're like of course these two would grow up eventually like they're not going to be the same kids all the time so i think it really finds a way to fit in in that way as well um and i think it really works um is this a worthy continuation of the franchise absolutely of course of course there's it's it's a 100 percent yes there's never been a harder yes on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right before we jump into the future of the franchise uh ryan my friend I have some casting, I have some fun facts, and I have a little bit of the history of this third movie. I'm in. Um, about 
where it was going. I believe I that. gave away all your casting and fun facts. Already. There's nothing here. Uh, <laughs> so we're just going to jump to the third movie. No. Uh, all right, so we'll start with casting. Uh, you said this. Keanu Reeves found out Samara Weaving was the niece of Hugo Weaving and recommended she be cast in the role of Thea Preston. Because that, to me, connection. is uh, nepotism, privilege, <laughs> and she doesn't deserve the role. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. I'm it's kidding. funny because well, we, and I kind of again, I think I kind of mentioned this on like the best of 2022. That I, I didn't even realize is that nepotism mm-hmm. babies are like a big topic. Like right they, now, like, it is. Yeah, yeah, like the last couple of months, like it really blown like people up. People have been talking about these celebrities' children, yeah. who are getting roles in big projects. But I always thought that simply some some of it, I makes sense. Like some of it's like, oh, it must be nice to you know. I get that, but like I always thought that was just one how things were. And two, if they weren't good, they just disappeared. Like, I don't think there's any, like, nepotism baby, quote-unquote, that stayed around. Yeah. That well, didn't that didn't earn their right, right? Like, right. like it, like they found their ways. Like, somebody will come out. I, I think it's more, it, it is the nepotism. The nepotism is a problem for people, but I think it's more a little bit, I think it's the privilege aspect as it's well, that, where it is a little bit, I think it is easier it's easier for them to get an opportunity. For kids or, or nieces or nephews, whatever it may be, it is easier for them to get that opportunity to be looked at and seen as, oh, you're Hugo Weaving's niece. Like, oh, like you're in. You know what I mean? Just based off of a name. And um, I think that's more the argument too is it is it, – and I, I see that too. I do see the privilege aspect of it as well where you know a lot of uh, people are out there struggling to – who want to be actors or yeah. who want to write or direct and – celebrities kids are getting roles based off of what their parents do and it's like do they even have the talent to do this you know like like, i think that's part of it i guess to me why it doesn't like bother to work for it i guess guess why it doesn't bother me is because like i was and i'm not so much these days anymore but i was so like entangled in the world of wrestling for so long too which that is just filled with that but that is the perfect example of like so many times do people come and go right. in the world of wrestling that are, you know, Hulk Hogan's daughter or, you know, Ric Flair's mm-hmm. son or whatever. They'll come in and be like, well, I'm going to, my dad was one of the best of all time. So obviously I'm going to be one of the best of all time and I'm going to come here. And they just fade away, right? And, and yeah. in the, the, whether they're managers or wrestlers or whatever, like, they'll just, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Like, but then somebody comes along like The Rock. Who's yeah. not just a, a second generation, but a third generation, or somebody like Randy Orton? Yeah, who yeah. comes in and like actually shows like, no, I they have, have the, I have the talent. Like <laughs> they can do it because like somebody, yeah, somebody will come in and and you know like um, Mister. And this is no shot at him, but like Mister. Perfect Son came in. He yeah. and he got like some opportunities, and he was good, but he just didn't have his father's charisma, and he right. kind of faded away. Right, right, that, right. that happened. So like to me. I don't know because I'm so entangled in the world of wrestling, it doesn't bother me in the world of movies because it's like, oh, if they're not good, they're not going to continue to get those opportunities. Like, right. yeah, you're right, and you're right. I completely get it. It is not a little. It is a little unfair to those people that are scraping and clawing to get right. to get a role. But like, if you know, if somebody comes in and they, and they get an opportunity because you know Tom Hanks is their dad or whatever, or Steven Spielberg babysat their dog once or something. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Um, you know, because they get this opportunity, if they're not worthy of the role, they might not get it. There's a reason why Colin Hanks is in movies and Chet Hanks is on TikTok. You're right. You know what You're I mean? You're absolutely right. You're right. 
Um, well, that's our conversation about nepotism. I've been wanting to talk about that for a while. <laughs> and this was a great I, opportunity. This is a great opportunity. That was good. Good rant. I liked it. Um, my other piece. Uh, with the help from Jake Tapper, CNN anchor, news anchor, mm-hmm. um, numerous veterans supported by the Wounded Warrior Project were cast as extras in this film. Oh, that's cool. That is pretty cool, that's isn't cool. it? Yeah, I thought that was a neat little uh, a neat thing. Um, and my last piece, Kelly Carlin... George Carlin's daughter appears in a cameo role as a mechanic. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Other fun facts. We're on to the next thing. Uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, who is gender non-binary mm-hmm. in real life, and Samara Weaving picked their own wardrobes. Yeah. And were committed to creating a genderless look. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty yeah, neat. because they do like they do kind of look like their father. They, look, they yeah. look like Bill and Ted. They, they kind of look like Bill and Ted. It's pretty cool. Uh, the producers decided not to repeat the anti-gay slurs used in the previous two yes. films, a decision that was praised by both Winter and Reeves. So they were on board with that. And yeah, I think they I think they had a say in that too. I think yeah. they were like, hey, like I think, you know, Keanu Reeves, he's like, I'm not saying that. Because they, they reprise all the other <laughs> gags from the movie. Like Except Station that yeah. and all that. But besides that, right? Yeah. So yeah. Which if you're is, Keanu Reeves, one of the big, you're, you're, the first thing you go in is, oh, do the movie if I don't have to say this. Yeah, I mean, you, you throw your weight around and you go, I'm not saying that. Yeah, so, good good decision. Uh, for Hendrix and Armstrong, uh, producers were able to secure rights to use the artist's likeness in the film, but were forbidden to use them in the film's advertising, nor could they use their musical works. It makes sense. Yeah. That's why they're kind of just playing generic. They're just playing generic well, he, stuff. Well, yeah, because he's playing When the Saints Go Marching In, which is, a, I believe, public... Is that public That's a public domain, domain song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's his song. I think that's no, a but public domain. No, but it makes sense that he would be playing it. It makes sense he would be, yeah. yes. Um, and just to piggyback on that, uh, Christian Scott provided the instrumentals for Armstrong, uh, while Ray Suen provided the instrumentals for Hendrix and Mozart. That's awesome. Yeah, just that's want to put it out there. Give those guys credit. Give um, credit Ling Loon. Ling Loon was included to help diversify the group. And while legends around Loon identify him as male, Sharon Gee was cast anyway, given Bill and Ted was never beholden to historical accuracy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like so that idea. I, I, I actually didn't know that uh, Ling Loon was... Supposed to be apparently was, male. Was apparently male. I didn't know that. I just was like, oh, okay, but I guess cool. technically, do we know that for sure, though? That's the thing. Well, the, the, the thing is, if you're the creator of music... It's so far, so long ago. Like, how are you even going to find out? Yeah. You know, there's really no way to know. Um, what else do I have here? Patty Ann Miller in real life is the drummer for Beyonce and CeeLo Green. I said that. That's cool. Um, there were no plans to recast Rufus as Car to recast Rufus. Yeah. As Carlin had died in 2008. Instead, as tribute, Carlin appears posthumously as a holographic tour guide yeah. in the future using archival footage from the first film. And Kristen Shaw's character was named Kelly after Carlin's daughter. Aww, also yeah. as tribute. That's uh, nice. There had been plans to have Bill and Ted travel back to the Circle K scene from the first film to ask Rufus for advice. But the combination of practical set reconstruction and CGI to create younger versions of Bill, Ted, and Rufus proved too costly and the idea was scrapped. Mm. On a $25 million budget. You can't do it. Yeah. It's a cool it's idea. A good, it's a good but idea. It's just not like on yeah. a twenty-five million dollar. You can't do it, especially to recreate all of it. It's not possible. And with Carlin gone too, it's just I don't know. I don't think it would be in good taste. Yeah, either. I think yeah. Hallie because that, that wasn't supposed to be Rufus. Like Rufus is dead. Rufus is dead in this timeline. Yeah. 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 So, so nothing you can do. Uh, rather than focus on the hair metal of the original films, music director Jonathan Lee involved groups such as Weezer. 
Mastodon, and Lamb of God because he wanted to represent the current state of electric guitar. Yeah. So pretty cool. It makes sense. Um, Alex Winter launched a social media appeal for members of the public to submit a 30-second clip of themselves rocking out to a music clip from the film, with some being selected and used during the credits. Uh, people of note who appear during the credits are Weird Al Yankovic yes. and uh, Guillermo Rodriguez, who is Jimmy Kimmel's sidekick on Jimmy yes. Kimmel Live. Yes, A uh, small little thing. And I saw another one called Nathan Head, who's apparently a British actor. I didn't know who it was, so I didn't no. mention him, but uh, Weird Al Bear. Yeah, it's a small, in there. quick he's thing. In there, but yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. he's in there and Weird Al pops up. he helped promote the he like promoted the movie on social media too, which I thought was neat. And I I'm just a big Weird Al fan, and uh, I I love him. And uh, he technically because he's in this mm-hmm. movie, one day will be a yes he will franchise star yes, because he, he makes uh, cameo appearances in the uh, Naked Gun movies. Can't wait! Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Whew. Uh, during the final concert scene, you can see a billboard for the Circle K in the background. That's okay. That was the way of getting the Circle K yep. in the movie. Yeah, pretty cool. Once the characters are told they have seventy-seven minutes, seventy-seven minutes to save the universe, there's actually seventy-seven minutes of runtime left. Yeah. So everything happens. Is that, in real does, time. that doesn't include the credits. I don't believe. No, that does not include yeah. the credits. Yeah. It's actually seventy-seven minutes of runtime, uh, which is cool. Um, to prepare for his role as Bill, uh, Alex Winter took acting lessons again uh, as he was busy with his filmmaking career. It's cool. In Death's Apartment, both Battleship and Electric Football Game <laughs> from Bogus Journey can be seen in the background. Did you notice that? I did not notice yeah, that. If but... you look, if you go in, like, I, I noticed it this time because I had done the research, yeah. but I was watching it, and when you go into the apartment, uh, like, on the shelf is a little Battleship game, and I was like, oh, that's fun. Wonder... There's another scene where, to the side, you can see the Electric Football Game, and I was like... That's great. I like to think, too, that he's been practicing in case it ever oh, happens you know, again. You know he has been. You know he has been. Um, Eddie Van Halen was offered a cameo in the film, but was unavailable due to illness. He's like the white whale Van, of this Van franchise. Halen's dodging. They want him so much, but he's not alive anymore. Eddie Van Halen passed. Oh, he did. Yeah, so oh, my gosh. It's never, forgot, it never yeah. happened. But like it, he was kind of like this white whale for the franchise. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> Daniel Dore improvised all of his lines as Mozart. That's funny. He man. does not have like one scripted. Yeah, because well, he doesn't just... really speak a lot of English. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Keanu Reeves shaved his beard to keep in tradition with Ted. Yeah. I think it was part keep in tradition, but I also was think it's because if he kept the beard, everyone would be like, "Oh, John Wick! Oh, John Wick! Oh, he's yeah. gonna kick Bill's." <laughs> he's too intimidating, I think, yeah. with the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson appear as the demons giving directions in hell. That I was. Them. I knew they were in there somewhere. I, I, that's them. That's yeah. them. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and that's a great scene. That's, that's a, a great, great scene. scene. Yeah, they're very funny in that scene. Solomon and Matheson were inspired by a Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. So much so that in an early draft of the script, uh, Santa Claus makes an appearance. So, I don't know how... I mean, why not, right? I mean, I, I would, I would love that. Oh, and here's uh, something where we have to do a little correction. Uh, the first Bill, This is the first Bill and Ted movie to receive a PG-13 rating. You know, so that Bogus for PG, Journey, yeah. Bogus Journey is PG. I, I listened to that episode, and we did say it was PG-13. That is a PG, PG. movie. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Which is actually kind of shocking. Because well, I don't really know why this got a PG-13. Well, we talked about it, too. The PG, PG-13 didn't exist... I think Until, it was created in the eighties. You know, I think it was created, but it was it was it didn't exist for a long time, as I was saying. Um, and I think it was relatively new mm-hmm. when those movies were coming out. So, right. like, it's because again, I, I think it was I believe it was Gremlins is the one that kind of like it's that's a PG movie and it's right, very right. kind of hardcore. It's, it's pretty... <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, <laughs> for Gremlins!" Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I wish I didn't bring my kids to this. So. Yeah. yeah. 
That and uh, I believe it was Temple of Doom, I yes. believe as well, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, that they were like, oh man, between these movies, like, yeah. we need something else in between the R and the PG, I think. Enter PG-13. Okay, and this is the last piece I have. You're going to like this. There are unconfirmed theories that Kid Cudi is the new incarnation of Station. He shows a good understanding of time travel oh. and how the infinite time travel theory works, and, and how the infinite time travel works in theory. He also yells station, hinting he may have been stationed the entire time. That's I like that theory a lot. I think that's true. Because I watched this when I watched it with that in mind, I was like, Yeah, he might be stationed. Do you I ha- was like, maybe he is stationed. Yeah. Do you have uh in the because I know you said mm-hmm. that was the last bit of fun facts, right? Yep. And you're gonna go into the third thing. Do yes. you have a thing about the cameos or the, the other the other historical figures? In the third one, or do you want to talk about them real quick before we get into We might as well talk about them real quick. Uh, Because I didn't didn't mention Jesus or George Washington. Well, I I noticed one. Mm -hmm. You said in the first movie that they wanted to have Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth Ruth appears very quickly. I like that they pull him in here. Um, George Washington in the commercial, apparently. Yes. In here. Mm -hmm. I like that. Jesus. Jesus. Which is a great... Which is kind of a callback, I think, a little bit to Bogus Journey, where you already had God. Yeah, you had God. I get a son in here. And I love... Again, it's so quick. But I love like when they're all like when and it's you don't even see it in like a thing when when they're watching the screen or the hologram mm-hmm. and they're all popping up and down and you see them all on the crossing the Delaware and then Jesus just casually walks yes. by. <laughs> it's a very it's a very good joke. That's a very good joke. Yeah, I didn't mention that stuff, but you're absolutely right. It's, uh, the historical figure stuff is excellent. I, I was so happy to see George Washington and I was like, it meant so much more to me. I, and I was like, he got the call. He got the call. They got him. They got him. Yeah, it was very exciting. Well, it's kind of funny because he's like the first president of the United States and they haven't used him in a Bill and Ted movie until the final one. But yeah, he got the call. Um, All right. So I have this one last quick section. uh, Third movie history. Yeah. Where I just kind of... It needed to be separate because there was a lot there and I was like, it's not going to fit in the I'm proud of you. You did a great job. So I wanted to separate it and just talk about it so we had like clarification. All right. After the completion of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey... There were no immediate plans for a sequel. So there was never anything in the 90s that they they wanted to do. They didn't plan on it, yes. Around 2005, during a red carpet event, a reporter asked Reeves if he had any interest in playing Ted again, to which he responded very positively. Uh, This was kind of a moment that inspired the group to think of a third film. I guess they saw that and were like, oh, "Oh, maybe we could do it. Maybe we could do it. Like, let's try it. Yeah, because once he's doing the action stuff, you're probably like, we can't get him anymore. Like, and and he's, I mean, he's coming off of Matrix at that time, and it's a big deal for him. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Conceptualization for this film began in 2008. um, And in September 2010, Winter confirmed that Solomon and Matheson had begun work on the script. So they didn't even start writing the script till 2010. Okay, wow. It's not that old. It's later than you think. Like we were, like I was under the impression that this was like being written since for like, the nineties. Since yeah. the nineties, and it's like no, they didn't actually start. It's only about eleven years. It's only yeah. about eleven years. Yeah, or it's um, ten. Sorry, ten years. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the movie came out twenty twenty one. Ten years. Yeah. yeah, it's only been ten years. Uh, even in the early stages, uh, the concept of the third film involved Bill and Ted reaching middle age and still yet to achieve the prophesied music that brings world peace. So that was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, the first draft was completed by twenty eleven. Um, and Parasat was direct was attached to direct by 2012. Wow! So he was so he's early. been around like he for was, a while. He's been yeah. on for a while. So it, it kind of just puts into perspective how long this has been kicking around. Yeah. Um, there was little interest in the script from any studios, according to Matheson. Uh, the studios considered the original films culty 
and wanted significant changes to the ideas they established or even a reboot of the series. Oh, no, 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 so, no. So, like, already, like, I hate when you get that from studios. Like, they're coming in with the script and they're like, no, 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 the other movie, it's it's not good enough and we should just reboot the whole thing. It's very annoying. Um, studios also expressed concern that since the first film was not distributed internationally, there wouldn't be a large audience for another sequel. I I think it's available now. I think things are easier to, to be available. That's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, that's very strange, but weird reason. Um, in 2014, the group appealed to the fan base, being more public about the existence of the script and their desire to make it, as a means to show studios that there was a strong audience demand for the film. Um, and Reeves and Winter confirmed that the film was still being was still planned in interviews over the following years. Yeah. Um, the film's outlook changed after the release of John Wick in September 2014. Suddenly, everyone's interested. Uh, Reeves that was that was really his Reeves's renewed career yeah. brought attention to any potential projects he was attached to, including Bill and Ted. Yeah. Because um, there was a time where I think Keanu was kind of a joke. Yeah. A little bit. Like, people well, after, were like, oh, he's not the, that... After The Matrix, he went through this period where nobody was really interested in what he was doing. Yeah. And then John Wick happened, and it was like a revitalization. But it's funny, because around, around that same time, I believe, was the Constantine, which kind of was like a nothing at the time, but now yep. people... That became like really popular now, and now that he's coming he's back. He's coming back. Well, that's a DC property, oh, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll maybe not. see, but... They would be stupid to not get Keanu back. That's what I'll say. They don't need to again. They don't, they don't need, need to connect. To, they don't need to connect it. They don't need to connect it. So it, it should be allowed to just be separate. I agree. You know, but that would be a Batman universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, two outside media investors, David Herring and Patrick Dugan, provided financial backing for the film. Uh, by the end of September 2014, rigorous script reworking had begun while efforts were made to find a studio. Even with funding, it still took several years yeah. to make the necessary deals for the actual production. It's crazy Nobody how believed long in this it. took. Nobody believed in the it's movie. It's crazy. Uh, Solomon said many of these deals fell through last minute. The way he said it was they would get to the kiss the bride moment and, and then was, suddenly the deal was gone. gone. And I'm like, that. I can't imagine how frustrating that is because it's almost kind of like it, this... The whole franchise has this history of like nobody believing in the movies, yeah, and it almost getting dumped on cable with the first one, and the second one they're getting pushback that they can't kill Bill and Ted, and this movie they're not believing in the script. It's like this really is a kind of a little franchise that could yeah. in a way. So I give them credit. During this time, while all these deals were falling through, uh, they secured Steven Soderbergh as an executive producer. Which you see at the end credits. Yes, says executive he is. Producer. Yeah. He is an executive producer. And they got William Sadler to affirm his intention to reprise his role as Death. I think it was a little up in the air at the time. But when they approached him, he said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, I think he was in. And I think that was a big... Uh, oh, he was a highlight of the movie. So now people yeah. want to see him come back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the script was finalized by this point, And with sufficient funds and audience backing, they approached MGM, who had recently relaunched Orion Pictures. Yes. Um... With a deal, and they accepted the offer. Unusually, MGM did not finance the film's production, but only took 15% of the cut of the film's revenue for distribution and supplied $15 million for marketing to be recouped by revenue. The film was finally greenlit on May 8th, 2018, with Hammerstone Studios handling production. That's the history of the third movie. And then, and then <laughs> I know that they made a... Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves released a video... Yep. Of them onto the internet together, being like, "We're here. 
it's finally happening. I saw that like, video. Yeah, that, yeah, that was like, the way of them doing it. Like, yeah. We're doing it, dude. Like, we're, like, doing we're, it, dude. we're back. It's happening. Yeah, it's very cool. But that's the entire history of the third movie. It was very, it sounds like it's it was nuts. very tumultuous. Yeah. It sounds like it was very up and down. But it was, so it may have, I think it's miscategorized when we say it's a 30-year battle. I think it was more of like a 10-year battle to try and get this thing made. Yeah. And it was just so much back and forth and studios not believing in it. And, you know, I think they proved them wrong. Yeah. So... Uh, future of the franchise. Should there be a sequel to this? Um, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. Um, I don't think so. I, I know. Um, and I don't want to. Again, I don't want to get into it because I'm sure you have it for next week. Mm. There's ideas they, they 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 could do. Yeah. Um, and, um, it, there there's things that they could do, and and like maybe like spinoffs or continuations. But like, yeah. as much as I like them in the role, I don't think you need it. I mean, may if they're ever going if they're ever going to do it, I would just. If they had to be a Bill and Ted four, I would wait a long like till they're way older. Yeah, and then just kind of do it like when, when, they're, the, old when they're older. Yeah, and see. Oh, did you stay for after the credits? I did. Yeah, when they rock out as their yeah. old selves. Yeah, that, that's that, so sweet. So yeah, we do get to see that. That was we really do get cool. To see it. Yeah, yeah, so sweet. That was so awesome. sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think we ultimately need. I don't think there should be one necessarily right. now. So uh, I guess that answers the next question in a way. What do you want to see in the future? You want to see older, older if, versions. If they had to do it, I would like to see them as older. And like, I don't think we need them being successful, mm-hmm. like fam- like famous rich. Like we don't need to explore that aspect. But like, what now that they've accomplished? Yeah. It. What does their life look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what I would want to see too. Just like older versions. What do they look like? Show me the future. Um, what franchise star would you add? You know, I've been going with musicians, and Kid Cudi was a good one. Well, let me ask you this. If you had to add one, we're going off the 2020, and they say, hey, we're going to make Bill and Ted 3. It's coming 2024. Who are you adding? You mean Bill and Ted 4? I'm saying, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We're making Bill and Ted 4. It's coming in 2024. Who do you got? That's the problem because I don't listen to a lot of music. So I don't well, you've been picking a lot of music artists. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know who is popping in my, in my head? Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a franchise star. I'm going with music. Um, just because I think... I feel like the, I feel like if this would happen, mm-hmm. Billie Eilish. I feel like yeah, again, like wow. like, a, like a cameo yeah. role, like like you know, kind of like how Kid Cudi was used yeah. here. I feel like they would use her. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Billie Eilish. That, that's a great choice. Cardi B. Yeah, I mean Cardi B. Is Cardi is if she would do it. Is Cardi B? Which one's in the? Is it Cardi B? It's in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, right. yeah, she's in Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's in. So Fast she's in Fast and Furious. Why can't she? Why not? Yeah, have some crossover. She can be a multi-franchise uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame, and she can come in here and sing WAP. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Uh, let's rank the films of this franchise. I think this okay. is pretty easy. Uh, at least where this one's going um, um, for me. For but. you, yeah. I. It's tough um, because I, again, I I think the first one's probably a. Better made movie, and ultimately it's probably going to go above this one. Yeah, but I think this the, for why, this week, for especially for this week, mm-hmm. we can whatever. But like, I just think I think it, this did hit the emotions for me, and and I and none yeah. of the other ones hit emotions. I so agree. like, I agree. that is stronger, but it is probably the weakest of the three. Yes, ultimately, even yes. though I think it's strong, it's the strongest in some aspect, but it's weakest in the most common aspect. It's the weakest, yeah. right? It's not as Look. it's not as consistently funny. It's not as visually appealing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. Uh, look, I mean, th- this isn't going into stone until next week. No. I'm, I'm, we can totally put it above excellent. No, I don't, I don't even think we need to, to be honest okay. with you. I so, don't even think we need to. But but what I do want to address, and, uh-huh. we'll, and we'll do it more in the retrospective next week, but we've already did it, is that 
it's not like a you know like we joked with like Home Alone four. It's like actually like more like ranked tenth, <laughs> and there's a bunch of space. Yeah, like no. this is not like this is no. this is one two three. This is not a bad one. T- this is pretty yeah. on top of each other. The only reason we rank them is because we need a one two three. Yeah. There has but to be. I think again. Well, I think even more are. than any any. I think it, more than any franchise. This is one two three. Right. Oh, this, this is just yeah. right on top. It's, of It's each right other. on top of each other, and it's very close. So okay, number three. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. There you go. Uh, number two. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. And number one. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I think we're leaning the same way for next <laughs> week. I think we're leaning the same way. Oh, that's very exciting. I was a little worried. I'm glad. Okay, that's that's great to hear. All right, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Oh, my gosh. It's we're that time again. at the end of the episode, and we have closing comments here. I want to just use my closing comments quickly. Uh, I want to issue an apology. Uh. <laughs> To Mr. Taj Mahal. We have to clear some things up. We have to clear some things up. Um, that's what my closing comments are going to be used for. Uh, go watch Bill and Ted's Face the Music. It's a great movie. You know, I do that every week. Go watch this movie. Taj Mahal. Last week, I basically said, uh, I was like, isn't that a casino? And it is a casino. I want to be very clear. It is a casino. But Taj Mahal is a prolific, prolific blues artist apparently has redefined the blues genre over a 50-year career, is this legendary musician, is very well-known, and I didn't do my research, and I want to issue the <laughs> apology to Taj Mahal that I messed up, and you're not just a casino, you are a prolific blues musician, you gave a great performance, pal, you're excellent, um, and we love you over here on Franchise Me. You know, it's it's a really sweet sentiment. Yeah, it's a shame you. the audience is never going to hear it because I'm just going oh, to edit in your comments again yeah, about Taj yeah. Mahal being a yeah, casino. That's right. Um, and the <laughs> second thing we just need to address is, I didn't know this, uh, J. Patrick McNamara, who played Mr. Preston yeah, in the first dead. two yeah. uh, Bill and Ted movies, uh, passed away January 2nd of this just year. this year, yeah. Had no idea. Mm. As we were doing research for this movie, I think it kind of happened. I didn't see any news stories about it, um, but I think maybe it was because well, the role the, in Bill and Ted isn't the biggest. He's not the biggest But actor, I wanted just yeah. to mention, you know, uh, yeah, passed away uh, on January 2nd of this year. So, rest in know, peace. Rest in peace. Just want to put it out there. And our condolences to his family. Of course. And, and, yeah, it's a small role in this franchise, but he's got a nice little role in this franchise. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's very good. So, I uh, just wanted to put that out there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, go watch Bill and Ted Face the Music. How about you? You got anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I think uh, I just want to say thank you, honestly, to um, the writers, to Alex Winter, to Keanu Reeves uh-huh. for uh, these movies. And I know we'll do this a little bit more next week, too. But like like I mentioned, I think this really did kind of save my January for me. Mm-hmm. Like This really gave me something to look forward to each week and to revel in, in the, the excellent nature of... You know, uh, of Bill and Ted, and right. and you know we've been joking and doing the the voices and all that stuff. But, like <laughs> it is just like, it's it, and and again we and we talked about like you know there's again some use of homophobic slurs and uh, jokes that maybe didn't age so well and stuff like that. But I think ultimately it's rare to find a franchise that's besides those few elements is so kind of wholesome right. and feel good and innocent. Right? It's it's not promoting hate. Right? It's not you know it's not. It's not. There's jokes about Missy, but she's not necessarily over overly sexualized, right? You know things like that. So I I really think that like it's just a really just a force for positivity, and everything that Bill and Ted are supposed to represent in the movies mm-hmm. for the future. I think we really could honestly learn a little bit of that. I agree. As ridiculous as it is, and and to and really 
be excellent to each other. We are is, more we are more divided than ever nowadays. And maybe we do. And maybe need, this is the message we all need: is just be excellent to each yeah. other and party on, dudes. Is party really on, dudes. Really kind of what yeah. we need in the world. As simple as it is, it's kind of what we need. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thank them, and I really enjoyed this, and I'm excited to. Um, for your first uh, retrospective to go down to, and uh, I hope you, uh, I hope you broke, and I can't wait to. Uh... I did, I did. I, I, you know, and we'll talk about that next week. We'll yeah. talk about how I broke next week. Um, but I did. I understand your pain now. I understand what you've been going through, and for other things we have planned this year. I'm realizing I'm really going to break later on this year. We're, we're working on For it. For one particular franchise I have to do, I'm like, holy cow. But I'm going to help you with that. Don't worry, because we'll it's, a, it's a little much. but, but yeah, uh, it's, it's fine. But anyway, um, I think that's the end of the episode, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah I really enjoyed yeah. it, basically. And uh, let's wrap it up. So yeah. um, with that, you know, we're just going to close on out. We're going to end the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony, as always. Uh, thanks to everyone for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search FranchiseMe, one word. Send us an email at FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, and our special bonus episodes, The Best and Worst of 2022 mm-hmm. our four hour adventure it's a four hour adventure into films yeah, of yeah. 2022 uh, buckle up uh, check out our website where you can see all of our episodes come back next week as we take one more excellent adventure through the franchise in our special Bill and Ted retrospective episode excellent <laughs>